This is Podcast for Columbus. Recording from Columbus, Ohio, home of the hardest working team. Coda Stewart, Cameron McKay, Max Brunke, and Todd Fichtenberg are talking all things soccer. Columbus Crew, International, Premier League, and everything in between. Welcome to our conversation. We're recording today on June 2nd, 2018. I'm your host, Todd Fichtenberg, and I'm excited to reboot this podcast. Today, we'll be talking about the World Cup as a preview. Uh, World Cup starts in 12 days on June 14th, 2018, with Russia versus Saudi Arabia. But first, let me introduce you to my co-hosts and panelists, and we'll start by saying what our favorite club team outside of the Columbus crew is. We'll start with Max Brunke. How you doing? My name is Max Bernke, and my favorite club team outside the Columbus crew would have to be West Ham United in England, London to be specific. So uh, let's take it over to Dakota. Yeah, uh, Dakota Stewart here. Uh, my favorite club team outside of the crew is Barcelona, and I also follow uh, Newell's Old Boys in Argentina. So what about you, Cam? What's your favorite team outside of Columbus crew SC? Uh, Manchester City, out of the UK. What league do they play in? Uh, championship? Uh, Premier League. All right, well, I am Todd Fichtenberg. I think I already said that, but my teams that I watch are Southampton, which is a mid-to-low-table team in the Premier League in England, and also Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga. So we've got a lot to talk about, including group predictions. We're going to do our best to talk about key players in all of the groups from all of the teams, and that's where we'll start. And later on, we'll talk about jerseys and anything else that comes to mind. And so we'll start off with going by groups, talk a little bit about the lineups. In Group A, we have Russia, Egypt, Uruguay, and Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Thank you. So let's start with Egypt. Anybody have anything to say about Egypt's players? Mohamed Salah. What about him? Um... It, it really depends on how they do. Um, or, sorry, let me rephrase that. It really depends on how Salah is healthy, health-wise on their performance because while they do have the players like Eleni and Eleni, <laughs> there's not really much else to their squad, and, and they're going to really have to count on Salah to get them out of the group stage, which the group isn't too difficult, and I do have them getting out squeaking out above uh, Russia, but um, I'm I'm not 100% sure um, if Salah is going to be playing, so it, I think that's the interesting part about that that, uh, that whole situation with them. Well, that's a good question. Um, the Egypt media reported two days ago that Salah was going to be healthy for the World Cup. Do we think he's going to actually play, or do we think that that's just propaganda from the Egyptian media? I think he should be good to go from everything that I've seen. Um I think for Egypt, it really does come down to him. Um, it's a little concerning that they are heading into this tournament over-reliant on one player. Um, but, that I mean, that's really what it looks like for them. They have uh, Mohamed Elneny from Arsenal and then a couple guys playing in leagues around Europe. But most of their players come from the domestic league in Egypt. Um but, yeah, I think their biggest problem is just going to be they just are going to rely on Salah too much, and he's really just going to have to be a game-changer for them. And what he does kind of determines how far they go. If he has a bad game, that could be it for them. Um, 
But the good news is he's one of the best players in the world, so he could carry them quite far. He's had the best form in the world, so as long as he can continue his form, maybe past his uh, injury, then I think I think Egypt should be able to squeak out of that group. The only other player I wanted to point out was Amro Tarek from Orlando City, formerly of Columbus Crew SC, who went home because he is homesick, is on the 29-man provisional squad. Went home because he's homesick, and now he's back in the United States with Orlando, and that's all I'm really going to have to say about Amro. But I remember his time here. He, it was short-lived, and it was it was exciting when he, he was signed because we all thought that he would have some sort of role in the team. But um, he ended up not, and it was somewhat disappointing, but it was also interesting at the same time. But now he's he's in Orlando, and I'm sure he's happy there. Yeah, um, my thoughts on Egypt, I think, it, like like everybody else said, I think it comes down to what Salah is going to do. But um, I'm happy for the country that they actually made the World Cup because it's exciting to see a country that's not been in a lot of major tournaments actually do well and get to that spot. So, um I think all the guys are going to step up and do what they can to get on to the next step, but uh, ultimately it does come down to what Salah is going to do and how he's going to perform on the field. Absolutely. All right, and then the host nation is Russia. Um, the part I'm most looking forward to seeing is um, Akinfayev, the goalkeeper, who made a pretty big mistake in 2014, gave up a similar goal that Curious gave up that this past weekend in the Champions uh, League. So I think that'll be a fun redemption story for him. That um, we'll talk about predictions later, whether we think w- what countries are getting out of what out of the groups. But it may be a fun story at his home on the home turf in Russia to see what he can do um, and to make up for that, and maybe Russia advance out of the group. Yeah, when I reviewed over Russia's squad, I I found a lot of interesting things. Um, I know Cam pointed out that that they lack a defensive structure now because of the two brothers that quit the team recently. Um, so they're not, I don't know about if they're going to run that, that three in the back anymore. Um, and I feel like that will be interesting. They, they do have very strong, fast wing backs that are able to get up the field and uh, hopefully cross into uh, Feder Smolov, who's just a tall target man in the middle. Um, they have, I'm going to butcher his name, but Dezuba? Dezuba? Um, he, he's a he's a nice strong strong player that they can get the ball into. They have a really strong midfield as well, but um, it's all about if that team is going to click. And if they aren't going to click, then there's nothing that we can say about them except, see ya. You're going to disappoint your host nation, and that's going to suck. But you know, it, it's just how it falls. And if they can find their find their stride, then they they're going to have a really good World Cup. But if they can't, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to be unfortunate for them. So Russia typically line up in a very defensive 5-3-2. And they're over, overly reliant on those three midfielders creating everything for the attack. Um, they have Fedor Smolnov up top, who has over 50 goals the last three years in the Russian league. Um, but then in midfield with Alexander Golovin and Alan uh, Zagoev, um, it's really... Defense gives the ball to those two guys, and then they look to ping it deep for one of the strikers to get on the end of it and put in a goal. But their defense would definitely be the concern heading into this tournament. Um, as Max said, they had their three starting center backs really for the past 15 years, 
all have retired within the last couple months leading up to the tournament. So they will be starting three center backs with hardly any international experience. And that was kind of one of their weaknesses to begin with. Um, I think they're just, it's tough because they're a host nation, but I think they'd be lucky to get out of this group. Um, For Russia, I mean, kind of going off what everyone else said, uh, it's going to be a little hard for them. They're going to have a lot of pressure. Uh, Nerves are definitely going to be there being the host nation. Um, A lot of young guys on there. So it's going to be hard for them to get past these other teams that are uh, generally good with their attack. But, I mean, if they just lock everything down and they have good communication on the field, um, I think they can work off the crowd, work off the emotion of being at home, and they can kind of uh, just run it based off pure adrenaline and pure motion. And another country in Group A is Saudi Arabia. Um, Cam, what's your report on Saudi Arabia? So, nicknamed the Green Falcons. Um, They're captained by Osama Hawassi, who plays in the Saudi League, as do a majority of their players. Most of the players in the team come from the top two teams in the Saudi Arabian League. Therefore, there is a lot of experience and a lot of cohesion within the squad, which definitely will be to their benefit. However, they definitely do lack a lot of high-level experience. They're kind of led by Al-Shahari, who is an attacking mid for Laganas in La Liga. But other than him, it really is just like the Saudi League and other Gulf Coast leagues where their players are brought in from. Their coach wasn't named until November, so he hasn't really had much experience coaching the team either. And as easy as I think this group is, I don't even really see them getting a win. But it's definitely a team to watch that the chemistry they have together could lead to something good. All right, and finally we um, touch on Uruguay, which as time of recording, they only have this 26-man provisional squad. Um, I think the big name there is, one of the big names is Luis Suarez, but we'll talk to our resident South American, Dakota Stewart. Yeah, so um, I'm actually really excited to watch Uruguay this year. Uh, I think they have a pretty good team that they put together. Uh, their goalkeeper, uh, Muscalera, uh, he's really good. He's a young guy, got a lot of agility. Um, so I think he's going to be a difference maker, stopping all the goals, especially coming from Salah, um, if he can play. And then, um, obviously, excited about Luis Suarez being a Barcelona fan. Uh, he's had a great year with Barcelona, so I hope that, uh, that he can keep on his stride with that. And then uh, Cavani also, he's been great with PSG. So those two, if they can link up, they're going to be the favorite of this group, I, I would assume. Yeah, uh, 100%. Very excited to watch Uruguay this, this year. Um after uh, all these individual players having such a great year with their respective club teams. Um, Diego Godin at um, Atletico Madrid, uh, Coates at uh, Sporting, um, you know, Luis Suarez, Edison Cavani, obviously having a great year at, at Paris Saint-Germain, one of the most underrated strikers, I believe, in, in the world right now. Um, and Lucas Torreira uh, is going to hopefully take over that midfield for Uruguay. I don't see them having any problem getting out of this group. I see them actually finishing first in in this group. And, and um, yeah, I don't see any, any problem with Uruguay here. I think what Uruguay has going for them is there's a lot of high-level quality in the squad as far as between Suarez and Cavani, that's two of the best strikers in the world, and their center-back pairing that play together at club level at Atletico Madrid. Having... A really good center back pairing and then two strikers who you know are guaranteed goals 
definitely would give you a lot of confidence heading into a tournament. I'd say a concern for them is outside of those two pairings. They lack a little bit in midfield and don't really have much else coming off the bench. Um, but they're definitely a team that in this group should have no problems getting through. And if one of those strikers you know, gets hot, they could take it pretty far into the World Cup. What are the odds that Luis Suarez bites somebody in this World Cup? <laughs> yeah, that's another point that I want to talk on. Uh, he got a bad rap last round, so um, obviously that took effect on him, how people uh, portray him as a player. But I think uh, he's moved past that, um, obviously mentally and as a player. So obviously he's not going to do it again. Um, it was just a dumb thing that happened. But he, yeah, he's he's done. So anyways, I, I have 7-1 on Luis Suarez biting somebody. And... Well, it's fun because the United States Supreme Court just said that states can allow sports betting. Um, but back in 2014 World Cup, there was 250 to 1 that he would bite somebody. And I believe eight or nine people actually won a substantial amount of money based on that bet. So it would be interesting to see um, if that's even on the books this year. That's but I funny. didn't check. I didn't do any show prep. Sorry about that. Yeah, well, Delaware's opening betting on Tuesday, aren't they? Yes, yeah. So that will be interesting. See if, see if they add anything like that. But yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, and then we'll move on to Group B, which, to be honest, I think one of the marquee matchups is right here in Group B with Portugal and Spain. Absolutely. But the other two, uh, Morocco and Iran, um, are the other two in the group. So let's start with them. Let's start with Morocco and uh, see what's going on with their squad. So Morocco is led by Amedi Benatia, who's a former Roma, former Bayern Munich, now playing at Juventus. Um, Morocco really is they're a very defensive team. They're very compact and very strong in defense. Um, in attack, they really rely on Hakim Zayek from Ajax. He had 11 assists for them in qualifying. They really rely on giving the ball to him and just hoping that he puts together something amazing to give them a goal. Um, but defensively, they're def- definitely a team that could, even against the likes of Spain and Portugal, could get a clean sheet here or there and get some points. But ultimately, I think the group is going to be a little too tough for them. Um, but Hakim Zayek is definitely a player to watch. I mean, looking at their squad, they really don't have that terrible of a squad. I mean, they got Romain Seiss from Wolverhampton, who's moving up to the Prem next year. Um, they got uh, uh, Amrabat, who plays for Feyenoord. I, I don't see a problem with their the quality of their players. I just feel like their, their group's too tough. Yeah, um, with Morocco, I'm actually really excited that they actually made the World Cup. Uh, just kind of a personal thing. Um, it was fun to see a new team get into the tournament. Um, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I'm not sure in this particular group if they're actually going to amount to anything, but it'll be fun to watch them go up against the big teams like Spain and Portugal uh, to see what they're actually made of. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be good. Uh, they got a pretty good squad, a couple good players that are uh, capable of doing some damage uh, attacking-wise. Um, really good defense, but we'll see what they do. But I, I don't really know if they're going to do anything major in this group. Uh, the one person from Morocco I wanted to talk about was the snub of Sofiane Buffal. I know I gave away my my loyalties at the beginning of this podcast. But to be completely honest, I'm fine with his dropping. Um, he's a Miramesque player um, who likes to dribble into defenders, who likes to... Hashtag hitting all season. Yeah, who likes to just take shots just to, just to do beautiful plays that, you know, they don't work that often, but when they work, they work. Um, it, it turns out that dirt before the Chelsea match towards the end of the season when Southampton were in a relegation battle, 
that he said, I refuse to warm up. And the coach said, well, I refuse to play you anymore. So he, he left him out of the squad. He's probably on his way out. So I'm not sure if the national team even looks at things like that, but you, that kind of attitude you probably don't want on your uh, – I suppose it's different for national team versus club team, but um, I, I don't know if that hurt his chances or Southampton's poor form um, hurt his chances at all, at all. But he did have that one beautiful goal for Southampton this year that did not win because the, the fans were salty. They did not vote that one the best, the best goal. But check out Men, Men and Blazers. They said that was the best goal this season if you want to see the type of play that he does. Pedro Aubiang. Anyways, um, let's move on to Iran now. Um, right. With not much to talk about, but they they have obviously their their main man up top, the uh, Asmo, Asmoon, 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 Asmoon. Um, they have they have him up top playing in the Russian league. I, I believe he's had a decent season with Ruben, but um. I don't. I don't see anything going for Iran here, and I hate to say that because I'd like to call him out as an underdog. But just spent, they don't have the the quality um, up top or in the midfield or even that defense. They don't. They just don't have the quality to get to get out, and it's disappointing. But hopefully, they can prove me wrong. I think for them, they're really coming up against three teams that are just far superior in just about every every aspect of the game um this is a team that does not have much quality um they don't really have much international experience um it's hard to see them getting anything um but they definitely do have a couple players that maybe could have a breakout tournament and you know get them a result that the country will remember forever yeah uh with iran basically the same thing like they really don't have a chance honestly in this group um it would be a huge surprise if they did anything but um yeah i'm thinking that they're not going to do anything at all all right let's move on to portugal um who which has the best player in the world cristiano ronaldo playing um for them um anybody have any thoughts on portugal um so portugal a lot of people look at it as cristiano ronaldo's team i mean he is the second best player in the world but um respect they really the thing about them is they kind of do get a bad rap for being a one-man team but they really do have top class talent all across the board they don't necessarily really have any other superstars aside from Ronaldo but their whole 23-man squad is playing in the top five leagues in Europe playing for big clubs getting game time week in and week out Um, they typically line up in a 4-4-2 with Andre Silva of Milan up at the top he kind of struggled this year for Milan but in qualifying for Portugal did very well and they typically play Ronaldo right off of him kind of as a second striker um in midfield they have players like Bernardo Silva João Mario who are really creative at getting the ball to Ronaldo and Silva to finish off and then they have some really strong defensive midfielders with William Carvalho um Danilo Pereira um etc um, but it'll definitely be definitely be interesting to see how they match up against the likes of Spain. But they should have no problems getting through Morocco and Iran and moving on to the round of 16. And it really helps that the league that is in Portugal can be considered a big league in the world because uh, it, it helps them breed better players, really, because that's one thing that the U.S. lacks is that we don't, want, we don't have a, a league that can compete at the top level like... 
um, some people would consider Portuguese the Portuguese league to compete, but um, others wouldn't. But um, not many people would com- consider the MLS to compete. But yeah, I, I feel like Portugal has a really strong squad. They have a lot of um, interesting players that I'm, I'm really excited to watch, like Guedes from Valencia. It's going to be a very interesting um, addition to the, the Portuguese squad, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how he does. Um, Adrian Silva um, from Leicester are just making the move in, I believe, January. Um, that's going to be really exciting to watch. And, and whoever gets to start at goalkeeper, either Rui Patricio or um, Lopez at Lyon, um, I think that'll be interesting as well. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to watch this Portuguese team in this World Cup. Yeah, I mean, you look at Portugal's squad, you, you know that they're going to do well. There's talent all around, every position. Obviously, you have Cristiano Ronaldo up top. He's obviously going to score some goals, being one of the best uh, attackers in the world. Uh, you have Bernardo Silva from uh, Man City, one of the best players on their team. So he's going to do well. Uh, you have Pepe in defense, former Real Madrid man. So uh, he's playing in Turkey right now. Doesn't go up against the same talent as if he was in Spain still, but he's still quality defender. Um, I really don't think that they're going to have any problem besides maybe going up against Spain. It's kind of a head-to-head match that way. Um, I think that's going to be one of the best games in the group stage is Spain and Portugal. Um, so I'm excited to see what they're going to do against that team. But overall, I don't think that they're going to have any problem at all getting out of this group. And then from the defensive side, uh, Cedric Suarez is honestly one of my favorite players to watch. He's really fast. He's pretty good with the ball at his feet. He's not great in the air because he's shorter than I am. So I'm not sure if he'll play as a fullback for Portugal. Cam is nodding. He does. Um, <laughs> and so that is someone to look out for. Um, people have said it's not Ronaldo's team. I mean, that's true. I do think back to 2014 when the USA tied Portugal. Um, literally, all it takes is one great play from, from Ronaldo. Something happens. Other things that happened in that game, like Pepe had a red card, so he was suspended um, for the U.S. to be able to even tie against that team. But um, they are the reigning champs of um, the European Championship. What's it called? Euros. The Euros. <laughs> and so uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Cup, but, uh, but I'm excited to watch this team. And then finally, we've got Spain. And a less controversial statement, maybe, maybe not, is that I think David De Gea is currently the best goalkeeper in the world on that squad. He is. Let's just get that out of the way right now. He He's absolutely been the best goalkeeper in the world for, for United this year. And he's he's been a pleasure to watch, but I also feel like the absence of Manuel Neuer for Bayern has really helped his reputation a lot. Because people have nothing to compare him to, really. Are you going to compare him to Yadav Black? Like, it's, <laughs> um, it, it's it's been a good year for him. I feel like he's going to lead this team. Yeah. I feel like he's going to lead this team as as a captain, kind of. Um, even is he captain for no. Spain? Sergio Ramos. Ramos is. Well, I, I still. What feel a like dirty he's, player he is. Yeah. The worst, comma. Yeah. So moving on to defense, Carvajal, obviously. A wonderful outside back for Real Madrid. Um, Sergio Ramos strong in in the center of defense, uh, along with Pique. Um, Nacho making squad, which I, 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 as much as I don't like Real Madrid, it's it's good to see him in there. Um, Azpilicueta, one of the few Chelsea Spaniards to make the team. Um, Montreal, a surprising addition to the to the squad in my 
humble opinion, Koke, Thiago, Iniesta, all, all great players. You you look at the squad and you think that they're getting through no matter what, but they gotta they have to have an absolute howler to not make it out of that group. So they'll, they'll be a fun team to watch. Obviously, that's we have that Spain Portuguese um, rivalry that that's gonna be a really fun game to watch. Um, and and yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, I think with Spain, um, I think they're the best team in this group. Um, they have the best expectations about what they're going to do on, on the field. Um, obviously, this is going to be really important for Andres Iniesta. This is probably his last World Cup, I would assume, um, him being uh, getting up there in age. But um, I hope he can have a really good tournament. Uh, he's done with Barcelona, moving on to uh, the Japanese league. So I think this is one of the most important tournaments that he's going to have for Spain going out this is kind of his last hurrah his uh, reputation um, so I really hope that he's going to have a good tournament um, obviously they have other players all around the field that are quality uh, David Silva from City uh, you have Isco um, Aspas from Salta Vigo he's had he had a great uh, season in La Liga um, Diego Costa he's always a threat up up top um, so I think they're not going to have any problem at all getting out of this group looking at the other teams the only thing that I would see that they would have a problem, maybe if Portugal can get past them, but I really don't think that Spain's going to have any issue getting past these uh, other three teams and moving on to the next round. And then uh, what about Azpilicueta? Does he play? I know he plays Chelsea. He mostly plays as a center back, um, but he also plays fullback. Do we know how he plays in the national team? He plays so, a right back, doesn't he? So Azpilicueta, I mean, he has played right back, center back, left back for Spain. It doesn't look like he's going to be a starter heading into this tournament, which just shows you the quality Spain has in defense and really all over the field. If I were to point out a weakness in them, it would definitely be up front. They really kind of lack true wingers or a dominant striker. They typically play Andres Iniesta as a left wing or Isco as a left wing with the other in midfield, and then they play David Silva as a right wing. And then even Asensio, they typically play as a false nine if they do not play Diego Costa. So I think as they progress into the rounds, quarterfinal, semifinal, that could start to show that they don't really have a true dominant goal scorer as some of the other teams have. But definitely like their team is just stacked from 1 through 23 of players playing in the best leagues in Europe. Um, a player to watch for them I think definitely would be Isco. Um He's kind of been off and on at Real Madrid, but every time he goes to the national team on international break, he just seems to have a few great games in a row. And I think he definitely could be one of the best players in this World Cup. Yeah, they're definitely stacked defensively. Um, I don't even really have any notes um, on the offense. Um, One kind of surprise, um, there's a lot of politics surrounding FIFA. We'll try our best not to talk about politics, but with PK, who I think is one of the best defenders in the history of the sport um, with his politics, with the Catalonia, et cetera, um, and what's been going on there the last week or so. Um, it's interesting to see him in the squad, and I don't know if that will affect how fans treat the team, but I hope not, and I hope it's, it's a great spectacle for the world to see um, such a great team. Then moving on to Group C, this has France, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. Um, so let's take these ones in order, um, starting with France. Um, we'll turn to our resident French expert, Max. What do you think about the France team? Um, I, I, okay, let me gather thoughts here. When I first saw this 
squad, I was very disappointed in the selections that were made. Um, mostly, I was disappointed in the um, leaving out of Laporte, and and that bothers me a lot because there are defenders in the squad that I could easily replace Laporte with. But overall, I feel like France. Is stacked in the midfield. Um, obviously, a big, big um, absence of Anthony Martial. Um, that's going to be really uh, important. I feel like going going deeper into the tournament, and then um, they they have no problem up top with with, with Mbappe and Giroud and Griezmann, and I feel like that's going to be great for them. And they won't have any problem getting out of the group. They won't have any problem going deep into the tournament. I don't, um, they're they're going to be an exciting team to watch. Yeah, I think with France, I think this is the most talented squad in the entire tournament. Some will say Germany. I'd say on paper, looking at individual players, this is the most talented team on paper. Now the big question for them is how they mesh. How does Kylian Mbappe and Antoine Griezmann and Paul Pogba and N'Golo Kante and Thomas Lamar, how do they all kind of fit their games together and play for one team? after really being the talismans for their own club team. Um, I think with them, they're definitely a team that can win the whole thing. Um, they play a 4-3-3, very attacking. Um, but I think I think for them, I'm, the concerns would just be, I mean, are they going to be typical France? Are they going to, you know, make mistakes and fight and just kind of implode on the field or even implode off the field? Um, I think really the talent meshing is, the con- is definitely... The concern for them is, will all of their great players play together and turn into something great? Because, I mean, if they can do that, they are definitely a team that could go all the way untouched. Yeah, I think with France, uh, they're a really talented team overall. Um, All around, they left off a lot of players off the squad that could have made it. So that just tells you the depth that they have in this country. Um, I think defensively, they're set. They have Mtiti. He's one of the best center backs in the world. Uh, He's a young guy coming in um, from Barcelona. So uh, he's doing really well in La Liga. He had a great year. Um, he was off a couple of weeks, but he, he came back, and he's strong, ready to go. So I think defensively they're going to be uh, set. Uh, they also have Mendy, which is uh, Man City's guy. Uh, he's coming back off long injury, so I'm sure that he's going to have a lot of emotion going into this tournament, uh, representing his uh, country. I think you also have uh, great attackers. I mean, you look at their attack. They have uh, Oliver Giroud, Griezmann. Uh, you have Mbappe, Dembele. There's there's talent all over the place. Um, I don't think that they're going to have any issues anywhere on the field. Um, if everybody can click together, they're going to be one of the teams that are going to go the furthest in, in the tournament out of this group. Yeah, I definitely agree with the uh, attacking uh, scenarios that they have. Olivier Giroud, I mean, he's a Saints killer coming off the bench, always scoring game winners against us, whether for Chelsea or for Arsenal. But I do love watching him play. I love watching him scrap. I love watching the work rate. Um, I'm guessing he's probably a bench player come off later. Um, but Griezmann, of course, Mbappe, Dembele. That was the saddest day when Dembele left uh, Dortmund to go to Barcelona. Um, but one thing to watch out for, I know in the Olympics they've been quashing social media of players, but if Mendy is allowed to be himself on social media and on Twitter, make sure you give him a follow because I'm sure that's where you get all your entertainment value from this wonderful World Cup. And uh, one more thing before I move on is that um, a player I'm really excited to watch is uh, Dalvin from Marseille. Is he? I feel like he hasn't gotten much of a chance 
at the top national level, and he's been proving himself at a high level with uh, Marseille this season, last season, and it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to watch and see what he does. All right, so going on to Australia, um, I don't have too much to say about this team other than um, Tim Cahill. He's thirty eight years old. Um, he was in, he was in MLS from a time. I mean, it's, I, I'm not a soccer man, so I'm not sure what it's like to um, come to the point where you have to give up the game. But I feel like he's at the point where he should give up the game. Uh, it came out a lot meaner than I meant it to be, but uh, but that's really the only thing I could point out. And um, for Dakota's Premier League team, Huddersfield, we've got Aaron Moy, so it'll be fun oh, to gosh. watch him. Uh, yeah, with Australia, I think concern for them is just they really lack any high-level talent. They don't really have many players aside from Moy that would really give you much confidence as an outsider heading into the tournament. Um, they have uh, Ryan, the goalkeeper from Brighton, who did really well to help keep Brighton up this year. And then um, Tom Rojic from Celtic is one of their key players, but that kind of says where they're at, that one of their best players is playing in the Scottish League. No offense to the Scottish League. Um but they typically line up in a 4-2-3-1, and their strength would definitely be the midfield. Um, but then I think, yeah, their weakness is just going to be that I'm just not really sure where they're going to get goals from in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, just looking at this team, I don't think anybody's really expecting a lot from them, um, especially going up against the other teams in this group. Um, they do have a couple of players. Uh, like uh, we mentioned, Moy, he had a good uh, season with Huddersfield. But... Um, Aside from him and a couple of other players, they really don't have any uh, key players that are going to make a huge difference in this tournament. See, I don't agree with you guys. I feel like they're going to put up some some sort of fight here. And I I might be a little biased because I love Tim Cahill. I, I love everything he does. But I feel like he's going to – he's gonna, that uh, Australia could, could surprise a few people. And obviously Aaron Moy being a great midfielder along with Yednek. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like Australia has a chance to, to do something. All right, so um, Peru, talking about the proverbial elephant in the room, um, we'll just go down the procedural situation. That with Coda, can you say that name for me? Paola Guerrero? It's actually pronounced uh, Guerrero. Thank you. I, I, knew Guerrero. I, yes. I knew I'd get that wrong. <laughs> but um, he received a, uh, a 12-month ban from FIFA um, for – for alleged doping, um, there was an issue of, of where that substance came from, um, probably a medicine or a tea. And then um, he appealed to FIFA. FIFA changed it to six months. So that six-month ban would have allowed him to play in the World Cup. But the World Anti-Doping Agency and Guerrero himself appealed. And in that case, the Court for Arbitration for Sport actually increased it to 14 months penalty. Um, they must have some evidence or something we weren't privy to. Um, but, again, he used the Swiss courts. The player did went to Swiss courts and said, hey, I should be able to play. And just, I think it was two or three days ago, the Swiss court said, yes, he can play in the World Cup. Um, and the Court of Arbitration for Sports said that they would not be objecting to a stay. So, it, for what it looks like, he'll be playing at the World Cup. And uh, one thing I do want to point out, the sporting behavior of the captains of Australia, Peru, and, uh, of course, Peru, but Australia... France and um, Denmark all came out in support of the player and said he should play. So I think that was a neat, uh, neat sporting activity because honestly, it, from what I see on paper, this Peru team is really nothing without without Mister Guerrero. Um, yeah, for Peru, 
they definitely lack World Cup experience. Um, they, I don't believe they've made a World Cup really any time in these players' careers. Um, but their strength would definitely be defense. They're one of the best defenses in South American qualifying. Um, but then they also do offer a little bit of attack with Guerrero, of course, coming back. He was one of their best attackers really over the last 10 to 15 years. And then um, Jefferson Farfan was one of the leading scorers in the Russian League this year who scored some key goals to help them qualify. And then they also have Cueva, who's more of an attacking midfielder, who was in team in the tournament in the Copa America 16. So they definitely have a little bit going forward, but they definitely are a team that's going to rely on their defense to get them results and potentially get through. Yeah, I mean, uh, with Peru, they barely made the tournament. Uh, They beat out Chile, so I'm pretty psyched about that. Didn't really want Chile in the tournament. Um, But I think they have a a decent squad. It's pretty average. Uh, There's really nobody that's going to stick out and make a huge impact in this tournament. Um, Farfan, he's a good attacker. And then, obviously, you have Paulo coming back. Um, He's allowed to be in this World Cup, so that's going to be huge for them. He's their best player. Um, But really... I think they're going to have a good tournament, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to get past. I hope so, just because they're a South American team, and I like all the South American teams. I hope they do well. But um, I think it's going to be rough for them at first. They're going to have uh, trouble clicking, but I think I think they can get it done. Yeah, obviously, Pablo being back is, is big for them because, obviously, like, like Dakota said, he, he is their best player, and he's also their 34-year-old captain and he's going to lead lead this team to hopefully them getting out of the group but in in a group that is that is mildly tough with Denmark having their their star players and and obviously France being being the giant in the group um I don't feel like they have the squad to to put them through to the next round um that's just a personal um feeling but I'd like to know if anybody else has the same thoughts. Uh, the final team in this group is Denmark. Uh, they Last I checked, they had the 35-man provisional squad. Um, so one player, if he makes the full squad to look out for, is um, Pierre-Emile Hoybier. Um, he's an interesting player to me. Uh, he started with Bayern Munich in 17. Now, Bayern Munich's my arch, my arch rivals. It's one of the reasons I don't care for for Pep, but one thing about Pep is he does get the best out of his players. Um, Hoybier's dad was close to passing away when he first started, um, and Pep told him, you must hold on to the people you love most, even if it costs you at work, which is just what a goat statement that is. So Hoybier's father did pass away, and he himself had a daughter three years later. Now he's 22. He plays for the Saints. Um, was pretty solid uh, when he started playing during the relegation battle. So he's one I kind of, you know, I love the story of overcoming. Uh, so it's... Hopefully he makes the squad and we get to watch him. I think for Denmark, um, they're definitely a team that I think could get out of this group. Um, the concerns, um, according to most of the national media, is in fullback and midfield. Fullback, they really don't even have many true fullbacks. They typically put center backs in those positions, and it did not go well in qualifying. Um I think the positive for them is they have a game changer in Christian Eriksen. He's, you know, one of the few players in this tournament that you can just give the ball to and he will create something out of nothing. Um, they have a few other attackers uh, flanking him and Paulson from Red Bull Leipzig and uh, Sisto, who had a good season. But yeah, I, I feel like Denmark 
have a very strong squad, and that's why I'm I'm kind of giddy talking about them because I I cannot wait to watch them. Um, obviously, Christian Eriksen leading that midfield, um, going to be the obvi- obviously their big uh, playmaker and creative mind for them. Casper um, Gold, sorry, Casper Dolberg at Ajax having a great season. At, as young as he is, I I hope that he does really well in the World Cup this summer. And also at goalkeeper, you obviously got the big man in, in net. Casper Schmeichel, um, son of Petter Schmeichel, but we won't get into that. Um, he's he's been solid for Leicester. Um, he's going to continue to have a solid career, and he'll he'll be their their big stopper at defense for this Denmark squad. Yeah, with uh, Denmark, I don't really have too much to say about them. Um, they have a good squad, but looking at this group that they're in, I think it's. Uh, eventually going to come down to Peru and Denmark, who's going to fight to get that second spot in this group. Um, I think they're going into this um, kind of as the, uh, I don't want to say favorite of the group, because obviously the favorite is France, but I think everyone is expecting them and France to get out. But I think it's going to be a little harder for them than most people would expect. Um, I think it's going to be neck and neck with the bottom three teams, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. I think they're all going to put up a good fight, and it's going to be close to see who gets out of this group with France. Welcome back. Um, we left off with Group D. Um, the teams in Group D are Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. No other teams are in Group D. Oh, oh, Argentina's in Group D. Um, so let's go to our resident South American Argentinian, Coda Stewart. What do you got to say about Argentina? Oh, I don't even know where to start. Um, qualifying, they were horrible, to be honest. Um, Uh, yeah, I need to, I need to restart. <laughs> <laughs> you just sounded like you were about to go on up there. This is soccer video. celebrity Chris Dorn, <laughs> and you're listening to podcast four. Okay, I was like, let me just put my feet back and <laughs> enjoy the show. Okay, so Argentina, I I'm really disappointed with the way that they've been playing recently. Um, there's been disappointment after disappointment. Past three major tournaments for them, they've come up short each time. World Cup, two Copa Americas in a row, second place. It's uh, been hard to be an Argentina fan the past couple years, especially during qualifying. Um, They didn't do good getting to the World Cup. They obviously did, um, thanks to Messi and his uh, great play. But um, going into this World Cup, I honestly, I don't want to have any expectations from the team because I know how they play. They always come up short somehow. Um, they lack communication on the field. They do not connect. Um, goalkeepers, um, Sergio Romero, he's out with an injury. So uh, we have three uh, goalkeepers that are able to play. Uh, you have Willie uh, from Chelsea. Armani, uh, he plays at River Plate, um, one of the best goalkeepers in the Argentine League. And then you have Guzman, uh, he's in Mexico. So um, from the three keepers, personally, I would go with Armani. I like how he plays in uh, that league. 
but the goalkeeper that I would assume is going to play is Willie. Um, looking at their defense, defense is pretty solid. Uh, they have Otamendi from uh, Man City. He's one of the best center backs that is on this team. Um, I would assume that he's going to par- uh, pair up with Marcos Rojo from uh, United. Uh, they're both doing very well, or they did very well in the league. Um, so I would assume that they're going to lock it down for the uh, defense. Um, midfield, it's the same old guys as always. You have Mascherano, uh, Lucas Biglia. Uh, new guy, he hasn't been playing very much with the team, is Lo Celso from um, Paris Saint-Germain. And then you have Lanzini uh, from West Ham. Um, from the midfield, I mean, it's, it's always the same guys. So I'm not expecting anything different from what we haven't seen before. Um, I'm not expecting a lot from them from this team overall. I think obviously the best player on this team is Messi, given he's the best in the world. This is kind of his team. He handpicked this team from reports. Um, I think it's going to be really hard for this team to do anything major in this tournament. I think that they're going to get out of the group stage, but going forward, I don't think that they're going to do anything at all. Um, I'm kind of going into this with low expectations. That way I'm not going to be disappointed again, but Hopefully, from a personal standpoint, I hope that they can make it all the way, but I do not think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think you look at Argentina, and my expectations for them aren't all that high either. I think they should get out of this group, but as far as making a run to the final, like in 2014, I don't really see it. Obviously, they have the best player in the world, maybe the best player ever in Lionel Messi. Um, Outside of that, it's just, especially on the international level, there's just not much there. I don't think the defense can be relied on in big games. I don't think the midfield can be relied on in big games. And you look at Aguero, Gonzalo Higuain, Paulo Dybala, none of them have really proven much at the international level, especially in the big games. And so I think it really is like Messi's going to have to carry this team on his back. Wherever he takes them is where they'll, where they'll go. But I guess if there would be... Uh, one other quality in the team it would be that if one of their strikers can get going that'll give Messi some time to breathe but I, I don't see this team making a run to win it all although some people would have them as favorites yeah um the only real comment I have on Argentina is the leaving out of uh Rulli in the goalkeeper position I, I feel like that he got snubbed big time um, he's been excellent in the La Liga this year. And you could mention uh, Icardi from Inter Milan not making it either. But they are so stacked at the forward position with Messi, Dybala, uh, Gonzalo Higuain, and Sergio Aguero that it doesn't really surprise you when you see that he's left out. But he is also, you got to think about form right now and, and how great he's been. Um, but. I agree with the decision to leave him out, but I don't. I don't agree with um, really being left out. Yeah. So the difference between um, we can have the evergreen debate: Messi versus Ronaldo. The difference is Messi can be a one-man team for Argentina. Um, you saw that during qualifications. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if it is true. This is his hand-picked squad. If they can play together, if they can go on. Um, I'm guessing you know he'll probably try. This is probably his last chance for World Cup, or do we think he'll have one more? I mean, I think he's going to go to the next World Cup, but it's it's not going to be the same. I mean, a lot of these guys uh, they're getting old or older for uh, international soccer, but um, 
I think this is his last best chance to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, also Sergio Aguero of the English media seems to just completely ignore him into oblivion for some reason. So I'm excited. I hope he does well on the national stage as well. All right, and then moving on to our other uh, another team in the group, Iceland. This is your hipster team. Um, our co-host Max Brunke is currently wearing a white Iceland jersey. We'll talk about jerseys later. But I would like to say that I've been a fan of Iceland since at least 2015-16 when Steinerson came to the crew. So I like them before the Euros. So if they go far, you know, that's on me. One thing I do want to say is I should I don't want to see one Viking clap throughout the whole World Cup unless oh, it's for Iceland. Please. Please. It's going to happen. Yeah. You can't prevent that. That's that's legendary. But I want, I'm want. i saying for Iceland it's okay, but other teams it's not okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Even though Tronto claims that they did it first. Uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> in terms of Iceland players, the only thing I notice here is that Steinerson is not on the squad, but uh, but there's a lot of SOMs. Um, I'm not that familiar with many of them. Um Runar Runarsson is a goalkeeper that I think is fun to watch, but that's about all I got on Iceland. Yep, let's talk about the Suns, all right. Um, obviously, Gunmanson for Burnley has been excellent on, on the right side. Um, Sigurdsson, probably not worth $45 million, but that's what he transferred from uh, Swansea to Everton for, and... I'm not too sure how he did at Everton, but he's he's an excellent player for Iceland, so it, he's always exciting to watch. Um, other than that, you know they don't have the too strong of the squad, but uh, I'm I'm excited to watch them this year. Obviously, I'm wearing their jersey, and um, it, they should be a fun team to watch. Maybe not the best team, but definitely a fun team. See if they can work some of their uh, Euro magic. Uh, in the World Cup on the big stage, and I think it'll be interesting. But they do have a really tough group to get out of. Yeah, not to give away any picks, but I really have a hard time seeing Iceland really getting any points at all in this World Cup. Um, but they definitely have some momentum coming off of Euro 2016, and they have a great player in Gilfie Sigurdsson who really takes it to the next level in international competition. Um, the country seems to really get behind them, and the squad seems to have uh, great unity, and maybe that'll carry them into some surprise wins. Yeah, from uh, Iceland, I don't really expect uh, much from them in this group. I think they're one of the um, less talented teams. Obviously, everybody's getting behind them because it's surprising that they made it, and uh, given what they did in the Euros, um, they built a good fan base, but I don't really think that they're going to do anything. Yeah, so Gilfie Sigurdsson, he plays pretty well for the national team, um, but he didn't really do very much for Everton, did he? No, I don't, th- I don't think so this year. But, but yeah, his, his call to fame is definitely with that national team. Help basically was their entire team to get them to qualify. So Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if that plays any effect in his um, confidence or anything of that nature. Um, I do believe Iceland is the smallest country, population-wise, in the history to make the World Cup. So that's a nice little fact toy yeah. for you. Uh, moving on to Croatia, um, I don't have that much to comment on this team. Um, I have uh, the 24-man provisional squad's been released. Luka Modric on uh, Real Madrid. I've, I personally think he's overrated, but he did have a really, really good um, Champions League final, so um, I have to eat my words a little bit there. But um, I, 
he's one of those players that everybody's like, oh, one of the best in the world. I just, I just don't see it. So maybe I will see something different during the World Cup. Yeah, when you think about Croatia, you definitely think midfield and forward. Um, obviously, Modric and Rakitic, uh, Kovacic recently coming up front through the ranks, um, playing for Real Madrid now. Uh, Brozovic at Inter, a very underrated player. Um, in my personal opinion, um, up top you got Mandzukic, the big man. Uh, Ivan Perisic going to absolutely destroy on that left side for Croatia. Um, Kermaric um, for Hoffenheim. Piaka uh, at Schalke. Um, all, all great players. And then um, really the the worry point of this Croatian squad is their defense. Um, they have the likes of Lovren and Korluka, uh, but they haven't really shown that they can handle these um, really strong forwards like Messi and and <laughs> Gofi Sigurdsson <laughs> throughout throughout the stages. But um, it, it's going to be exciting to watch them. And another team, obviously that that is going to be is going to be cool to watch because they they have such a unique squad and they're such a unique team to watch. Obviously, they have Subasic in goal as well who's um, a real stopper for Monaco, um, and he plays great for Croatia as well. But uh, as long as their defense can hold some of these strong forwards, then, then they'll, they'll have a great great run. Yeah, I think as Max said, the midfield is definitely their calling card. Um, if you look at Luka Modric uh, and Rakitic, that's one of the best pairs that you'll see in this entire World Cup. The concern for them would be in defense. They're very error-prone, even with the likes of Lovren and Vershelko. Um, they just gave up a lot of a lot of goals in qualifying off of dumb errors. Um, but their attacking talent definitely should see them through the group, and anything less than a round of 16 appearance would be a disappointment for them. Yeah, with Croatia, uh, looking at their squad on paper, it looks like they should be the second-best team if you put Argentina at the top. Um, obviously, uh, as mentioned, uh, midfield is where most of the best players are with Modric, Rakitic. Uh, Rakitic had the best season uh, he's had in a while with uh, Barcelona. Uh, he's great with the ball at his feet. Um, going forward in attack, you have Mario Mandzukic uh, uh, with uh, Juventus. So I think he's going to be um, a challenge for some of the uh, defenders um, from the other teams. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they're going to come out with a, with a good tournament. Cam mentioned that Dejan Lovren makes a lot of simple mistakes in the back for the national team. I, I would argue he does the same for Liverpool. So, Sure does. Moving on to <laughs> Nigeria. Um, to be completely honest, I don't have um, I don't have much knowledge about this Nigerian team, but we'll turn first to Cam on his views on this team. So Nigeria is captained by John Obi Mikel, who I believe plays in China now, but the former Chelsea man. Um, also one of their better players, Victor Moses, typically plays in the right back or right wing back position for Chelsea. He plays as more of a right wing or center forward for the national team. Um, they have a lot of talent in attack with Alex Iwobi of Arsenal, Kelechi Acho, formerly of Manchester City and now with Leicester City. Um, Igalo, who's playing in China, but was one of the leading scorers in the Premier League with Watford a few years ago. Um, attack is definitely what they're known for. They play a very attacking 4-3-3. Um, their weakness has to be in goalkeeper and def- goalkeeper and defense. Um, there's really 
a lot of turnover there from their previous major tournaments and just not a lot of experience, a lot of errors in qualifying. But on paper, it's definitely one of the best African teams in this tournament. There, there's only like two players that I would say that you missed there. Um, obviously, Ndidi, strong midfielder, um, really going to do well. Uh, and also uh, Ahmed Musa up top. Uh, usually plays striker, but I believe he's going to be an outside mid for the Nigerian team. Uh, plays in the Russian League now. Was at um, a Premier League club blanking right now who it was. Leicester City. Yeah, yeah, it was Leicester City, that's right. Um, but yeah, I, I think Nigeria, not much to say there. Hopefully they can get out. I'd love to see them get out with, you know, how cool their jerseys are, which we'll get into later. But, um... Yeah. Yeah, uh, looking at Nigeria, they are the team that seems to always give Argentina problems. Uh, it's kind of like uh, USA and Ghana. We always seem to get paired up with them. We always run into uh, troubles with them. So uh, Nigeria and Argentina, that's kind of like the weird matchup that always seems to happen. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing them play. I think actually they're going to give each other uh, trouble. Um, I think looking at this group, you obviously have – four good teams um but i think croatia nigeria and argentina i think it's going to be close between the three of them honestly to get either the first or the second spot in this group so i'm interested to see what's going to happen with that um i hope nigeria can get out over croatia obviously i want argentina to get out but i hope it's going to be those two um but predictions later yeah, I think this group should just be one of the most entertaining groups in the tournament. There should be a lots of open play and a lot of goals. Yeah, when I was, um, I I wrote a personal World Cup story about this um, about a month ago, and I put this group as the group of death. Um, even though there is no clear cut group of death like there was in 2014 with USA, Ghana, Portugal, and uh, Germany, I feel like this this is the closest thing that you're going to get to a group of death, and that's why it's going to be real exciting to watch. All right, moving on to Group E, we've got Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, and Serbia. Um, let's talk about the Giants in that group first with Brazil. So with Brazil, obviously they were the best team in South America um, in the qualifying stage. They are the strongest team in the American continent um, going into this tournament. I'm expecting big things from them. I think they're obviously going to come out first in this group, having a elite squad. Um, they're pretty stacked everywhere, forward, midfield, defense. Um, you just look at their squad, and they have great players from all of the best teams in Europe. Um, I, I really don't think that they're going to have any trouble, especially getting out of the group stage, but even going forward. I think they're going to be one of the most uh, fun teams to watch. Um, hurts me to say that because it's Brazil, but I, I think that's the, the fact of the matter. Yeah, I think with Brazil, they're, like you said, the most talented team coming out of the North North America or South America. Um, I think the key for them is just going to be defensively. They play very attacking soccer, which often leaves the center backs isolated and open at the back. And so when they come up against the bigger teams, Santiago Silva, Miranda, Marquinhos, kind of win their one-on-one matchups to allow you know the attackers up front to score enough goals to win the game but I mean you look at it they have Neymar one of the top five players in the world Gabriel Jesus who has had his struggles at City but is one of the best 
goal scorers for Brazil. Um, Coutinho, who just moved to Barca, will definitely be creating a lot of chances for them. And then Paulinho, coming out of midfield, coming up to score the goals. They just have goals from all over the pitch. Um, And, I mean, they're a team that should be treated as one of the favorites in this tournament. Yeah, I won't waste much time because you guys have basically mentioned everything that I wanted to mention. Um, The only thing really is the uh, choice of goalkeepers is interesting to me. Uh, Allison, obviously, coming out of nowhere last season uh, after a transfer to Roma. Uh, Ederson should get the number one spot for me. But um, I feel like Allison will will be starting ahead of him come World Cup time. Uh, But yeah, they have, like Cam said, they have goals all over the pitch. Doesn't matter who scores them, whether it's Casemiro getting the weirdest deflection ever and bouncing into the net, or if it's Jesus scoring a tap in from a William Cross, you know, whatever it is, uh, it should be should be interesting. Um, I do agree. I think Edison has been an incredible goalkeeper. Um, what do you guys say about because everything I've been reading in the media is about how Edison's young and his turn will come? Um, my position is I'm obviously not a soccer coach. Is hey, if he's hot now. Why not put him in now? So, so what do you think about that? Like giving it to the more experienced player versus the the younger player. Um, I think you look at Ederson versus Alisson. Alisson is also one of the best keepers in the world, playing for Roma. Um, I personally would have Alisson start just because of the way that Brazil play. There's he's going to have to make those one on one saves that Ederson did not really have to do much at City because um, they kept the ball eighty percent of the time. Um, but yeah, so I, I believe the coach has already confirmed that Alisson will be the one, and then Ederson will be the two or three, but will have his chances in future tournaments. All right, to me, um, I'm also looking forward to watching Willian. Um, he is, um, during Conti's Chelsea, when it was not too much fun to watch here for a while, sometimes he was a one-man show and it's kind of fun to watch him. Um, one of the players that I'm kind of over and surprised we haven't talked about is Mr. Neymar. Um, do we know if he'll be back from injury to be able to play in the World Cup? Yes, he will be. So I think that was a convenient injury. Um, he's been so drama in PSG and also drama in 2014. I know nobody gets injured in the World Cup on purpose, but uh, but I'm just I'm just kind of over his drama, and I'm looking forward to taking a look at Brazil minus Neymar drama. But I have a feeling we will be getting some of that this year. All right, moving on to Switzerland. Um, anybody have anything to say about them? I love their squad. It, interesting enough, uh, I feel like they have a strong, strong midfield, and they have two really solid options to play at goalkeeper. Whether it's going to be Roman Burke or Jan Sommer, um, both are very good in the um, Bundesliga. Obviously, playing for each other's rivals, rival clubs. Jan Sommer playing for Borussia M and. Mention uh, Gladbach. Yeah, yeah. What? However you say that. <laughs> and Roman Berkey playing for BBB, but um, yeah, it's interesting there. I feel like they lack uh, forward options. They're gonna have to rely on um, Shakiri to to cut in and score for them. Um, obviously, they have uh, Jaka in the midfield as well. Uh, but yeah, they have a they have a strong midfield. Um, I, I like their chances. Um, Ed Edomason. Uh, Fernandez, obviously West Ham player, uh, a bit young to show himself, but if he can show up, then that'd be great for Switzerland. Um, 
I don't give them too too great of chances in this group, but I'm I'm excited to see what they can do with them. Yeah, with uh, Switzerland, uh, I don't really have much to say about them, but um, they're kind of just like an average team to me. But I think in this group, they're they're going to be fine. You look at the other teams: Costa Rica, Serbia, uh, Brazil. Um, I don't think that they're going to have a problem uh, per se against Costa Rica or Serbia. Um, they're definitely going to have trouble against Brazil, like um, everyone else. But I think if they can lock it down and get a couple points, um, I, I think they'll be fine in this group. Yeah, for Switzerland, um, they're definitely strong at fullback and definitely strong on the wings. Uh, the big concern for most people is just what are they going to get from striker? They really, um, they really have just lacked someone who can consistently put in goals for them. Um, they have... Mbola, who's a younger player, I believe he's just turned 21, and he's struggled for them mostly when he's played. Um, but it's just who's going to step up and score the goals because they have Shakiri on the wing, who will be kind of the creator, and he'll score a few himself, no doubt. But um, where are they going to get goals outside of him? Yeah, I'm pretty neutral on Switzerland. Oh, uh, the only player I would comment on is Roman Berkey. Um, Honestly, he hasn't been that great for Dortmund this year. Um, he kind of he didn't really endear him to the fans when um, they whistled at him. Uh, actually, it was the game I was at in January. 80,000 people whistling every time they back passed to him. It's kind of a fascinating thing to hear. But right after the game, he came out and said, oh, people spend their money. They come out. They don't know anything about football, so they should just go home. Um, so I know that has nothing to do with the World Cup, but it's one of those things that I think he lets things get to him that maybe shouldn't get to him so much. Um, and he made some howler mistakes. Now, he made some stand-on-your-head saves, but um, I'd be kind of surprised to see if he was the starter um, based on the season that, that Dortmund had. I mean, they barely got a Champions League berth for next year, and I think a lot of it was, was due to goalkeeping. Um, moving on to Costa Rica, um, Quite a few players from Saprissa, who, if you don't know, Columbus Crew will be playing a um, friendly against Saprissa on July 3rd, the same night as Red, White, and Boom. So uh, claim your tickets, <laughs> get out there, get to the game. By the way, uh, just announced yesterday, uh, Minnesota United is also playing a friendly against Saprissa on July 3rd, 11th. So um, perhaps that's what the front office did. It said, hey, somebody else is getting them. Why don't we just say, hey, you want to play us too while we're at it? We, we owe the fans a game. I'm sorry about getting political about this, but um, but yeah. Hashtag save the crew. Um, and then Giancarlo Gonzalez, um, who probably is, uh, for crew fans, um, the last few years, he's probably the best deal that we got, if you want to call it that. The rumor transfer, I don't know if it was ever actually officially announced, was a $5 million transfer in 2014 after the World Cup. Um, I did enjoy him on the team, um, but it was nice to cash in. I was hoping to see more of that, but in the last four years, we've seen nothing but tanking our team. So um, anyways, before I get too upset about that, let's uh, talk more about Costa Rica. Yeah, uh, with Costa Rica, uh, they obviously did well in qualifying. Um, you look at their team, first name that jumps out is you is Kaylor Navas. Um, Real Madrid just won Champions League. Definitely the best player on their team. Um, you look at their squad, we're familiar with a lot of the faces. Um, they have a lot of MLS players. So I think uh, they're going to do well in this group, but I don't know if they're going to do anything past that. Um, like I said, the, the best player on this team is Kaylor Navas. So I don't know really much what they're going to do going forward in attack, especially against these bigger teams like Switzerland, Brazil, um, 
but I think if if they can get a couple goals, they might be able to uh, scound around and get some points to move on out of this group. Yeah, um, Costa Rica. I feel like they lack creativity up front, um, and that's going to be their their main weakness. But um, obviously, you have the the like of um, Kenna Watson and defense, who's been incredible all throughout qualifiers for them, and. Um, I feel like he, he will have an, a, an amazing tournament. I don't know how far him and Kaylor will be able to take them um, as long as they don't tie every game at 0-0 because of lack of goals and lack of conceding. But, um, yeah, obviously a lot of MLS players love to see that. Rodney Wallace, obviously, from uh, New York City. Uh, that That's great to see. Um, Mercury Reina from LAFC, new expansion team, also great to see. But, yeah, it's... it's an exciting squad. Um, don't know how far they'll make it, but but it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I don't really have much to add on Costa Rica. I guess one thing to point out would be in 2014, most of these players were on the team that made it to the round of eight, so they definitely have some World Cup experience and know what it's like to make a run deep in a tournament. Um, but yeah, the big issue for them is going to be striker. There are two strikers, uh, Urania from LAFC and Joel Campbell, who's Arsenal-owned, who's had a million, a million different loans the last four or five years. Uh, both of them are coming off injuries, so it'll be interesting to see if they're either of them are healthy or if, um, if they are, which one will get the job and if they'll be able to score goals because that's one thing they struggled with. Yeah, I don't think CONCACAF's going to have a good showing at this World Cup. Um, even with the Mexico team, I know they're in a different group. But uh, with Costa Rica kind of being the CONCACAF darlings in 2014, I just don't see it happening again. Um, I think it'd be cool if it did, but I just don't see that. All right, rounding out Group E, we have Serbia. Um, the only player that um, I, um, Dusan Tadic, um, talk about him, plays for Southampton. I've always been a big fan of him. When I started doing fantasy, I had I had him in my fantasy team all the time, and he got me lots of points. Last two years under Puel and Pellegrino for Southampton, we played a negative, boring style of soccer, um, and he kind of drifted into the background. But this year when we needed him, he came out strong, scored two big goals in a game, got us a win that we needed um, to keep us up. So I'm hoping that the momentum there, um, I'm not sure Serbia is even a team anybody's talking about getting out of the group, but I hope that from there um, to watch him play, um, hopefully he does well if he's even on the team because it's a 27-man provisional squad. So um, that's the one guy that I would say look out for. So Serbia are captained by one of my favorite players of all time, Alexander Kolarov. Um, and they're a team that has a lot of names you'd recognize. Um with Nemanja Matic from um, Manchester United, um, Tadic from Southampton, um, Ivanovic, the former Chelsea player, Nastasic, formerly of Manchester City. Um, I think the concern for them would be they have a very old old defense. Um, they're getting up there in years, and it'll be interesting to see if Costa Rica um, can kind of get behind them with their pace. Um but they play um, a 4-3-3, and kind of heading the three in midfield is uh, Savage from Lazio, who's a 23-year-old linked to Manchester United, among other teams. Um, it's really going to be kind of on him to kind of create in midfield um, and kind of create the goals as they don't really have anyone up front scoring aside from um, Mitrovic, formerly of Newcastle. 
Yeah, looking at Serbia, um, they have a pretty well-rounded team. But in this group, uh, obviously you're going to have Brazil at the top of this group getting out. But I think it's going to be pretty close between the other three teams, Switzerland, Costa Rica, and Serbia, who's going to get out. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch, to watch those three teams battle it out, to get out with Brazil. Um, so I'm, I don't really know what to expect from Serbia. I don't really follow a lot of these players. Um, so I'm just hoping for a good matchup with the other teams. Hope it's fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Serbia. Uh, I feel like they are going to get out um, surprisingly. We'll talk, I'll, I'll go more into depth with that more later. But um, obviously, Kolarov uh, being a, a real leader in that defense, being real vocal, he's he's been a great player for a, a, a long time, and he's always exciting to watch. Um, thoughts on midfield? Obviously, Nemanja Matic, a very strong center defensive mid. Um, he's going to need to really hold down that center um, just to help out Ivanovic and, and the other uh, center back there. Um, and um, a main talking point is where's Tadic going to play? If Tadic plays on a wing, that may be really interesting because he's not the fastest guy. Um, but if he plays a camp position, he, he's going to be the, more of a playmaker. And, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. And I think that might rely on whether or not they get out. All right, moving on to uh, Group F, which has the current Weltmeister, Germany, and also back-to-back Confederations Cup winners. Um, So that's why I have them back-to-back World Cup winners as well. Spoiler alert. Um, I will note that your host here is wearing a Germany jacket. And I forgot to mention, but I'm sure you all know, Coda is wearing an Argentina Messi jersey. Yeah. But the other teams that don't matter in this group, we've got Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea. But I'll let my fellow podcasters talk about talk about um, Germany first so that I don't hog the airtime on them. I kind of feel like the other teams do matter because somebody else is going to get out. But, um, yeah, uh, Germany, very strong squad, obviously. You look, at, you look at their squad and you think that they might win another one. But, um... Only 27-man provisional squad. Right now, they have four goalkeepers, um, and that's really the main talking point for me is who, who's going to get that starting job. Manuel Neuer being hurt all year. Um, will will they give him the job despite not playing? And um, obviously, uh, Ter Stegen's been great for Barcelona. Kevin Trapp has played exceptional for uh, St. Germain. And... Uh, Bert Leno at, at uh, Bayer Leverkusen, all, all been great keepers. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in, in that respect, and that's where I'm, I'm going to stop myself there because I could go on and on about the rest of the squad. Well, let's pick up from there. Let's say um, I think that is an interesting point is who will be the goalkeeper. Manuel Neuer himself has come out and said he doesn't deserve to be on the squad. He shouldn't be on the squad. People in turn say, hey, Neuer, if you think that, why don't you step down? Um, he hasn't done that yet. This is just a 27-man provisional. But let's do predictions. Who do we think will start with, uh, who will be the starter? Leno, Neuer, Ter Stegen, or um, Trapp? I would pick Trapp from PSG. I think Neuer will start. Um, I would personally pick Ter Stegen. Yeah, I think it's uh, going to be Neuer starting. But um, Ter Stegen, he had a great season with Barcelona. Uh, he's one of the best keepers in the world at the moment. So I would like to see him get the job. But I think ultimately it's going to come down to Neuer. Yeah, watching Ter Stegen play uh, against Roma in the Champions League—that was uh, in the first leg. That was 
just wonderful. He made some saves that I can't explain how he did it. Um, so I, I feel like he should get the starting job, but uh, I also deep down know that Neuer is going to end up getting that starting job. I guess another thing to focus on for Germany would be obviously they're the defending champs, but this current group of players is a very young team with a lack of World Cup experience compared to the fact that they were the defending champions. A lot of those players are now gone and moved on. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, kind of of the young players who steps up. There's Goretzka, who's moving to Bayern Munich, Leroy Sané from Manchester City, uh, Kimmich from Bayern Munich, uh, Werner from Leipzig, who was likely to get a big move soon. Um, so, yeah, it'll be cool to see if any of those players kind of have a breakout performance as they do play in a really good setup. Um, it's really hard to pick out a weakness other than something like that because they really are just stacked at every every position. They have three or four players. I mean, they could probably feel to be a team in this World Cup that would make a deep run as well. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who, like, if they kind of get in a close game late, who they kind of lean on to be their kind of go-to guy to get the goal. Will it be... Tony Cruz trying to create something from midfield to create a goal for someone else? Um, or will they give it to, you know, trust a young player like Sané or Werner to try and beat two or three guys and score? Um, I think you look at some of the other teams, like with Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, they kind of have that star that can kind of just take the ball and do something. And, you know, Germany doesn't really have someone like that that's proven it on the international level. Yeah, I mean, going into this tournament, uh, Germany, they're obviously one of the best teams in the tournament. Um, I've seen a lot of people have them as the favorite to win the whole thing. Um, I personally hope they get upset, don't even make it out of the group stage, got hurt feelings from last time. But, um, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious they're going to do well, especially in the group stage, to move on. Um, I think they're going to put up a fight to get all the way to the final four. I don't want to put them in the final. But um, I do think they're going to have a a great tournament. Uh, They have talent all around. They have tons of depth um they can play really all the players can start um they just they don't have a weakness uh they're they're great all around the field and i i don't think that they're gonna have any problem at all especially getting out of the group stage and going forward in the tournament yeah i agree with those points um i like cam was saying it's it's a young team i'm i'm kind of shocked that some of the people left off like you know the staples that you expect um and then even the young players like like Goethe, just to show how much, um, not to give Coda PTSD, but he scored the game-winning goal um, in 2014, um, and how quickly you fall out of favor um, in this squad because they have such such deep talent. And then uh, Meza Ozil is the only kind of real surprise in the squad. I'd be shocked if he makes the final. He hasn't been really doing that well, and he's a little bit on the older side. But I'm most looking forward to Timo Verna. Um, I... I'll be shocked if he doesn't start. Um, he's been tearing up Bundesliga, scoring a lot of goals, which is kind of the point of the game. Um, I was a little disappointed Julian, Julian Weigel didn't make it um, on the squad. Um, he would, he's a fun player to watch from Dortmund. Um, Sané from City, he's going to score some goals. Um, the one player I'm not sure about is Michael Royce. He's a Dortmund local boy who um, who is very injury-prone, but when he's on, he's on. So I would love to see him on the squad. I'm not sure if he's going to make that final squad. Um, and then that's all I have on Germany. Well, I can go on and on about Germany, who's going to win it all. But um, we'll move on for sake of time to Mexico. Um, that's another CONCACAF berth there in the World Cup. 
Um, so what do you guys think about Mexico? Yeah, so Mexico is kind of an interesting team. Um, there have been a lot of people that are predicting them to make a deep run. I'm not really sure why. I see some good players, but I don't really... I don't really see a team that could really make it past the round of 16 here. Um, but um, they have Herving Lozano, a young player playing for PSV, who should also get a move to a big European club in the next few months after the World Cup, especially if he does well at the World Cup. He's kind of their kind of leader on offense along with Chicharito. Um, but he'll be the kind of guy that if he can have a breakout tournament, um, they can kind of go far. But if he kind of, you know is just, you know, what a typical young player is in a tournament like this, then um, I think they could struggle. Yeah, I mean, you look at Mexico, they're the best team in the CONCACAF, uh, beat United States here in Columbus. So obviously that was a hard thing to take. Uh, potentially that game took us out of the World Cup. Yeah, so uh, Mexico, they have um, they have good players all over, um, a lot of pace, um, but I don't really know what they're going to do going forward after the group stage. I think that they're going to be able to get out of the group stage given the other teams in there. It's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be close between the other teams uh, besides Germany. But I think um, I think, I think they can do well. But I, 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 don't, I don't have them going very far in the tournament. Yeah, I, you know, a main talking point for Mexico is their – Fox in the box really is Javi Hernandez, also known as Chicharito, um, a West Ham boy. Obviously, I'm a supporter of them, and I'd love to see him get more starts at West Ham, but uh, that was a little bit of Moy's fault last season, but we won't get into that. Um, I feel like they have a great squad uh, in, a, in a group that's not easy, but it's also also not going to give them too many troubles. Um it's a debate between whether Mexico or Sweden can get out um, with a little bit of talk of South Korea and maybe shocking a couple of the teams. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who gets out. Um, Mexico, obviously, with the likes of Lyon and um, Alvarez from Club America. But, um, but yeah, it, 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 they have an interesting squad. It, they're going to be fun to watch, and I'm excited for it. All right, yeah. Um, for me, I want to talk about a snub, too, for Mexico. I don't think Mexico is going to make it that far. I don't know if that's just, you know, because the U.S. didn't make it that I feel that way. I do know there's a lot of American fans who said, well, Mexico's our team number two. Not sure I understand why, but uh, that's right. Um, but Jonathan Gonzalez, who they made such a big deal out of last summer or the summer before about how he didn't, uh, how he chose Mexico over the United States so he had a better chance of, of making the World Cup. It turns out, he still had a better chance with Mexico, but still didn't make it. There's a lot of, I would say, abuse hurled toward Jonathan Gonzalez for, oh, you should have stayed with America or whatever. But, hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do to try to make it to the World Cup. Um, I think it's kind of sad. I don't have any shot in Friday. He didn't make it. I think it would have been cool if he would have made it. It would have been cool to watch. But, um, but yeah, I don't see I don't see a really organized Mexico team that we've seen in the past. I don't see them moving um, much further than the group stages if they even get out of the group. That's that's a tease. Uh, moving on to Sweden, um, talk about, uh, again, I seem to be talking about players not in the squad, but here we will have a World Cup without Zlatan Ibrahimovic, which, for one, makes me happy. Um, I know there's a different school of thought, so if we want to talk about this around the panel, but... Um, in some teams, they have the group of players who 
come together and in all the qualifications they help your your make it to the, your team make it to the squad. Um, Zlatan came out, of course, you know it, it's part of his persona and character, but he came out and said, "Oh no, he'll make the decision whether he's on the team or not." So I give props to the national team leaders who said, "Nope, we're sticking with the guys who helped us qualify." Um, so to me, I think that's the right decision. Um, there's some controversy. Well, what if the you know the best player in Sweden comes and says, "Hey, I want to play." I still say no. Um, you know, don't come in and upset the chemistry of the team. Um, you weren't there to help qualify. So um, I'm pretty excited about the fact that he's not on the squad. Um, I don't know if my panelists have other thoughts on that or the other members of the roster. No, I completely agree. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what this Swedish squad uh, considered in that respect that. Um, he wasn't there for qualifying, and they qualified without him. And so they said, we don't need you. And basically his comments of him being this god and this lion um, have all caught up to him with that decision. And I, I hope he's realized that, that he isn't all that. Um, with that being said, he's obviously one of the greatest strikers ever. Um, and... Sweden have a great squad, and I feel like that they can survive without them. Yeah, I think a lot of the talk around Sweden has been um, how much better the team harmony is without Zlatan. Um, it seems to be a group of 23 guys that all look at each other as equal and want to play together. Um, I think the problem for them is they just really do kind of lack that star quality that Zlatan brings. Um, they have Emil Forsberg, who I think is definitely a player that you should watch out for. Um, I believe he's uh, rumored to move to Arsenal or Bayern Munich, so he's definitely of a good quality. Um, but aside from him, um, they have Marcus Berg, who should score a goal or two, but um, it's going to be hard to uh, see them making a run deep, especially without Zlatan. Yeah, with Sweden, obviously, leaving off Zlatan, um, there's really no huge player that made um, the team here for them. But uh, just them even making it to a World Cup, knocking off Italy, they're obviously one of the bigger teams in Europe. Uh, didn't get the job done to make it to the team or make it to the World Cup this year, uh, which is actually kind of fun for everyone that's not an Italy fan. But um, I think uh, Sweden, I, I think they have a good squad going into the tournament, um, especially in this group. It's going to be close between them and the other two teams that um, are not. Uh, elite like Germany, but I think Mexico, Sweden, South Korea, I think they're all pretty evenly matched. Uh, I think this is a good group to see who actually wants it the most. So um, I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to do in in this group. All right, with that, let's talk about the last team in the group, South Korea. Anybody got any points on the squad? I have a couple main points to make just just with a couple of the players. Obviously, Hyungmin's son needs to show up big time, uh, whether they play him outside or down the middle. Um, my personal preference would be down the middle just to let him create plays and, and create everything for the squad. Obviously, they have the likes of Ki Sung Ming at Swansea City and uh, Lee Chung Young from Crystal Palace. Um, both great midfielders, and I feel like uh, they're going to have to create a lot for uh, South Korea to even have a chance to get out. Um, they lack defensively and in the goalkeeper position. Uh, hopefully they can overcome that and, and prove their worth. Uh, it'll be quite fun to see if they can get out, but I don't really expect them to. Yeah, I think Max kind of said it all. Um, it really is a two- or three-man team. Um, aside from that, there's 
not much quality, but um, they do play very fast in attack. They have a lot of pace, um, but on the other end, it's going to come back to haunt them because their defense is not great and they are known for struggling on set pieces. Yeah, I mean, obviously in this group, they look like they're the weakest team, but I think this is one of those weird teams that nobody's really going to expect them to do to do well. But I think they're actually going to put up a fight against other teams to see um, if they can move on. I don't really think that they're going to do very well, but it's it's just one of those weird teams like it, it would be a shock, but it kind of wouldn't be a shock at the same time because they're always one of those teams that are uh, one of the best teams in Asia. But I think... I think it's going to be fun to watch them, uh, especially going up against the other two teams um, that, are, that are kind of at the same level. So we'll see what happens. Moving on to Group G, this is your Belgium, Panama, Tunisia, and England. And we'll start off with Belgium, and I think on paper, this is my favorite team. So far, they've only issued the 28-man provisional squad, but Thibaut Courtois, Simon, who is French. Oh, sorry, Dwight. Um, he's actually uh, Belgium. My bad. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, Thorgan Hazard, Batshuayi, Eden Hazard, I mean... Lukaku, I'm so excited to watch this team. Um, I have a feeling this is going to be one of the sleeper teams that are going to make it further than people expected. Um, I don't know how all these stars, if they'll play well together or not. I don't know how it'll work. I don't know what the final uh, roster will look like, but but this is a team that uh, I think we need to keep eye on. I'm going yes. to forever look back on the time that Todd mentioned Thorgan Hazard before he mentioned Eden Hazard. I'm just going to let put that out there first. He plays for a German team. Sorry, Eden. Yeah, so you look at Belgium, um, a lot, a lot of quality. Um, Two of the best players in the English Premier League with uh, Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne. Um, Also, Dries Mertens playing for Napoli, Romelu Lukaku playing for Manchester United. Um, I believe they're going to line up in a 3-4-3. And so it'll be interesting to kind of see where kind of players fit in. Uh, De Bruyne will be playing in the center of that four, so he'll kind of have some defensive responsibility that he hasn't really had in the past. Um, but yeah, this is one of the teams that I think could definitely make a run and win it. They definitely have the talent to win it. It's more of, can the talent um, fit together? One of the big question marks is, can Kevin De Bruyne and uh, Eden Hazard play together? Because, um, I mean, they're clearly the two best players on this team, and clearly two of the best players in the world. Um, but it's just with their playing styles, they're both kind of, you know, the leaders of their respective teams um, at club level. So it'll be interesting to see if, like, how exactly they mesh on the international stage. But you look at uh, Dries Mertens playing on the right wing and then Lukaku up top with Hazard on the left. I mean, that's one of the best attacks in this tournament. And then in defense, if he's healthy, Vincent Company will be in the center of that back three with um, the Spurs boys, uh, Bertongen and Alderbrook. Um, 
on the left and right, respectively. Um, it's a really stacked team. It's just in the past they've definitely disappointed in the 2014 World Cup and the uh, 2016 Euro. So for most of these players, um, this is kind of this is kind of their last chance to kind of prove that they are as talented as a group um, as they are individually. I mean, yeah, if you look at the team, I think they're overall one of the better teams in the tournament. I wouldn't say that they're a stacked team. Um, they do have great players in each position. Um, you look at forward, you have Aiden Hazard, Lukaku, uh, midfield De Bruyne, um, and then they obviously have a great goalkeeper in uh, Courtois. Uh, but I don't think that this is a stacked team uh, like we have with other teams. Um, but uh, I, I still think that they're going to do well. Uh, this is one of the easier groups, I would say. Um, I think Belgium isn't going to have any problem at all getting out of the group stage onto the next round. But um, I, I think they're going to be one of the teams that are going to underperform. Yeah, it's definitely an area that I disagree with Coda and is that I feel like this team is absolutely stacked in every single position. Everywhere on the field, they have the best players in the world. The only knock I give uh, this um, Belgian team is the absence of uh, Roger Nijgolen, and I I really hate to not see him in there anymore. Um, obviously, he's one of the best midfielders just straight in the world um, right now, box to box wise. Um, it's it's just wonderful to watch him play, watch him create chances, and and it's really disappointing that. Um, the coach couldn't put their differences aside and and put them into the squad, but yeah, that's, that's basically all I gotta say on Belgium. Um, they'll have no problem in this tournament, I, and I hope they can click uh, before the the uh, tournament goes, so they can make a make a run for themselves. And now for another <laughs> Concacaf team, Panama. Um, Jaime Pinedo is one of the goalkeepers on the thirty five man provisional squad. Um, one of the people who were kind of mentioned and then taken off and nobody's really sure what's happening, but he's probably not making the squad, is Mr. Christian Martinez. My thought would be that they'd be a really, really desperate team if they need Christian Martinez. Um, in case you missed it, um, he acted like a petulant child last week with a face slap, got himself a two-week ban. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to see that kind of stuff in the World Cup. I don't want to see any Suarez bites. I don't want to see any slaps. I don't want to see any Zidane headbutts. Um, I just want good, clean fun. What do you guys think about Panama? Yeah, I mean, you look at Panama, you see uh, a lot of MLS guys, um, a lot of people that play lower leagues. So I don't really expect a whole lot from them. Um, it was kind of cool to see Christian Martinez mentioned um, as a potential player, but it's uh, a little disappointing because, you know, you always root for the hometown guys. I uh, want to see crew players in the World Cup, but uh, not this round. Um, I don't think that they're going to have enough talent on the field to do anything major in this tournament. Uh, they kind of struggled even qualifying for the World Cup, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think in this group, they're they're one of the bottom teams. I don't really think that they're going to do anything to get out of the group stage, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. For me personally, uh, Panama is Team Thirty Two out of Thirty Two. Um, I feel like they are the worst team in this tournament. Um, uh, I don't really have, give them a chance at all to do anything with it. And I'd I'd love to see them do something with it and prove me wrong, but once again they have they have no star players they have nobody that that I can say yeah that player is going to to lead them to do something interesting, but I mean I'd I'd even put Tunisia and and Saudi Arabia above them not not by much but I would, um, 
and Panama is definitely definitely the worst team in this tournament. And sorry to all any Panamanian Panamanians pa- Panamanians Panamanians uh, listening now, but um, you are the worst team. Sorry, and, Christian, don't I, slap him. Yeah, sorry, don't slap me, Christian. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they get a World Cup berth by a non-goal? Isn't that how they ended up uh, sneaking in there? Yeah, it, I believe. I'm, I don't know it exactly, so I'm not, I'm not going to go in too much about it. But but I believe their their qualification was a mistake. <laughs> so um, I, I won't go in too much more on Panama because I've already destroyed them enough. So blame Tim Howard. <laughs> yeah, all I'd really have to add on add to Panama is when you look at their squad, it's a very weird mix. It's about half twenty, twenty one, twenty two year olds, and then the other half is thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight year olds, kind of at the end of the road. So they really don't have any talent at all kind of in that prime range playing the best soccer of their career so it's kind of a weird mix of potential young players and players that are past it and i would have to agree with max i don't really see a worse team in this world cup and hopefully they can you know put together a result or two and make their country proud and prove us wrong but um it's a very mls heavy squad which that can be kind of concerning especially with this group yeah, so I feel that way about Tunisia. I really don't know anybody on the Tunisia squad. Um, I There's one guy from Leicester, um, pr- pretty much the only top-tier league. Um, the interesting part is how difficult African Confederation uh, qualifying is. So um, I know Cam watches uh, African soccer more than most people, um, so maybe he can give us some insight on Tunisia. Yeah, so with them, um, they really don't have you know many names that the average fan would recognize. Uh, their best player and kind of leader of the team is Wabi Kazri, who played a few years in the, in the English Premier League for Sunderland, um, and he's now back in France where he's really kind of taken off. Um, they play a four three three, but it's very very defensive. Um, they do kind of lack attacking talent outside of Kazri, but kind of what they're known for around Africa is their defending and kind of their work rate their hustle they're certainly a team that even against the likes of england and belgium will not be afraid um of going up against them they'll challenge them they'll play hard against them they'll think they have a chance and so i think that could lead to them getting a result maybe against panama or even you know sneaking uh a draw out against you know england but um yeah it's it's hard to see them really doing much outside of maybe a a nice game here or there. Yeah, I think uh, with this team, there's really nothing that stands out as uh, giving them much hope to move on forward. Um, I-, I think they're pretty equal with Panama. Neither one really have a huge shot out of getting out of the group stage, but um, I-, I-, I just don't expect anything at all from this team. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm looking at their provisional squad right now, and I, and I do see the absence of Kazari from uh, Reyes, and and I find that actually mildly concerning for Tunisia. Um, I feel like th- that he was a, a big addition to their squad, and if he is actually missing, I don't know if I'm just missing him right now, um, but if he is actually missing, then that that's a huge loss for them, and uh, it could even put Panama above them, but... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't expect much from Tunisia either. This is a great group um, with Belgium, England, and um, hopefully they can squeak out a few results and sneak out of there. But I don't expect them to. 
Alrighty, so hopefully Panama and Tunisia will prove us wrong. Um, but moving on to England, um, there's a lot to t- unpack here about England. So we will start with Max, and we'll go from there. The main thing with England that I have a huge problem with is who's going to get that starting goalkeeper position. Obviously, um, each respective club uh, supporters have their suggestions. Uh, A lot of Everton fans want Pickford to start. Uh, They think that he deserved it after the season that they've had. Um, Nick Pope, obviously coming out of nowhere, um, playing very well for Burnley this year. A lot of people called him one of the best keepers behind De Gea. Um, which I, I didn't watch him that much, but um, I, so I don't really have a say. Uh, and then obviously there's Jack Butlin, who's um, played great, and, and he's done done what he can, but um, Stoke City still ended up getting relegated. So that's a huge debate there. Uh, I feel like Gareth Southgate has a, a big, big issue on his hands uh, to decide, but hopefully the friendlies before the World Cup can help him there. Moving on from that, obviously England have a very stacked squad in, in defense. Kyle Walker, John Stones, Harry Maguire playing great for Leicester City, especially. Danny Rose, Trent Alexander-Arnold coming out of nowhere for Liverpool. Ashley Young, Gary Cahill, all great players. And England obviously have the talent. Is just can they connect? Can can the manager push these guys to, to get them out of the group and, and get them as far as possible? Uh, in this World Cup, um, they're going to look to Harry Kane obviously to score a lot of goals for them. Uh, hopefully, Jamie Vardy can step up as well. Marcus Rashford, maybe he, we can have some miracle um, with him, like we did uh, against that one Denmark team when he made his debut after Martial got hurt. Um, Danny Welbeck, I don't expect him to do it much. Uh, the midfield looks great. I, I expect England to get out. Um, they they have a great squad, and um, not too hard of a group. So yeah, those are my thoughts on England. Uh, yeah, with England, so it looks like Gareth Southgate is going to play a five three two, which will be led at the top by Harry Kane, who is one of the best strikers in the world. And playing off him will most likely be Raheem Sterling, with with then the likes of Deli Ali kind of playing as an attacker in midfield. Um, I think the concern for them is. They really do kind of lack um, in midfield and at center back um, against the bigger teams. I think both of those positions could really hurt them. But as far as, you know, goals and wing backs, they look very good. Um, I think kind of one of the main talking points heading into the tournament for them is um, they're going in with a lot of pressure like England does every tournament um, as the national media there for some reason is just looking for a reason to crush them. Um, so, I mean, for every one of those players, if they have, you know, in the back of their minds that, you know, they're going to be on the front page of a newspaper getting hammered if they make one mistake that causes them to draw a game or lose a game, um, that could kind of lead to some confidence issues and kind of hurt the morale of the team heading into the tournament. Uh, but, I mean, it's a young team. I don't necessarily expect them to make a deep run, but they should be able to get out of the group and kind of build towards the future. I mean, you look at England, they have quality all over the field, um, all Premier League players. Uh, but when you compare them to the other big European teams, I think this is the team that's going to disappoint the most. Um, I really don't expect anything from them. I kind of think that the team's a little overrated as a whole. Um, I 
I don't think that they're going to do anything past the group stage. I think they're going to disappoint as they have in the past. Um, you know, they, they all play well. They're good with their clubs. But when it comes to the national team, it's kind of one of those teams that uh, they they lack the final the final touch. Um, they they all do good stuff with their clubs, but it's kind of like it's kind of like um, if I would compare them to Argentina because they're it's a group of great players, but when they come together as a team, I don't think that they're going to be able to get the job done. I can touch on an interesting point with the uh, media and how how English media treats its players for some reason. It's the opposite of here, where where the the soccer media will butt kiss MLS and and all the coaches and everything and nothing will ever change and that's why the the team will never get better there I feel like they could win the World Cup and the English media would still come down and and sla- slam people like Sterling um, just because he got a tattoo that they disagree with calling him to step down I, I mean I think it's ludicrous to have a guy because of a tattoo who's probably one of the best players on this entire squad. Um, one of the biggest supporters of me uh, going for a podcast is a Tottenham fan, so I hope you forgive me, sir. Um, but, you know, Deli Ali and Eric Dyer are kind of dirty players sometimes. They get away with really horror tackles. That just shocks me um, that the media never, ever gets on them for it, um, especially both of them should have seen red in the Manchester City game earlier in the season. Um, and then Harry Kane, um, I just view him as a poacher, you know, if he's in the six-yard box. He can score easily. That's great. That's awesome. The cool part is if he gets subbed on and, and Jamie Vardy plays, Harry Kane will claim those goals. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, anything else? Uh, oh, let's talk a little bit about the snubs. Um, I agree with all the talk about the goalkeepers. I personally think Nick Pope earned the start, so we'll see um, who they pick. But um, Joe Hart was left off the list. I think that he's a victim of what have you done for me lately. Probably top 10 goalkeeper ever in the history of the world. Um, but he, his decline has been so rapid that, um, that it's just not, it's just not national team quality. I agree 100% with that. Um, obviously being a West Ham fan, I, he's just had a howler of a year. Um, obviously he's, he's had some saves where stand on your head, have no idea how you make those kinds of, uh, kinds of saves. But, um, then again, he led in four against United. Um, two of them were 100% his fault, and and he's got to be better if he wants to m- make um, one of the most important squads. Um, but yeah, there there are a few snubs on this team, and I'll let I'll let the man wearing the England jersey comment on those. Um, as far as snubs, I didn't really see that many big ones. One of the ones that's kind of a big talking point is Jack Wilshere. Should he have made it? Um, Personally, I would have had him in the team. Um, however, I think with his injury history, you can understand why not. And there's a lot of talk about him just not really fitting the tactics of the manager that the manager wants to play. He wants to play with more two defensive kind of energy midfielders than someone who's looking to play neat passes and whatnot. Um, yeah, for them, I think another one is Ryan Bertrand, the left back from Southampton. He started at left back for just about all of their qualifying games partially due to the injury of Danny Rose. Um, But it's interesting to see him not make it, especially because Danny Rose made it after only playing five to ten games the whole season for Spurs, mostly dealing with injuries. And then Ashley Young and Fabian Delph also making it where neither of them are even true left backs. But um, other than that, you can't really argue with the squad. It's a young team that, I mean, 
they're not really looking to this tournament. They're looking more, you know, 2022, 2024 Euros and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of overachieve a little bit. I'm glad Count brought up Bertrand and not me. But, yeah, I, I, I rate him as well as a top uh, fullback in the Premier League. Um, I think his the form of the team hurt him more than his form. I do know that Saints fans look for a scapegoat. Like if we had gone down, they would have picked the person that they know for sure would not be there anymore next year. Um, so I feel like he got a lot of flat for that. Uh, but again, English has a lot of talent in all the teams really uh, across the board. And we look at uh, Jack Butlin at Stoke City. They're in um, championship now. Now they got relegated. And he, from all what I've read, he's staying at Stoke City. So they've got talent even in the second tier that, that can play at World Cup quality. Also, Harry Kane is one of the most complete strikers in the world. Agree to disagree. Moving on to Group H. Uh, this is our final group. We've got Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan. So, um, starting off, let's do an order. Let's start with Poland. Um, anybody have anything to say about Poland? Robert Lewandowski. Um, he's, a, <laughs> he's, a le- he's a leading scorer in Euro qualifying, and... Um, they're kind of relying on him to kind of score everything. Um, they have a, a, they're a very decent squad with most of their players playing in top European European leagues with Glick at Monaco, Pizjak at Borussia Dortmund, Chesney uh, who plays at Juventus, although he sat behind Buffon for most of the year, which kind of could hurt his form heading in. Um, they have Zielinski from Napoli, who looks like an exciting playmaker. Um, they typically play a 4-1-4-1, they have a pretty solid back line, and then, of course, Lewandowski. Um, but, yeah, I think they they might just come a little bit short in this tournament due to relying on Lewandowski too much, but I do expect them to get out of the group. Yeah, I mean, looking at this group, uh, obviously Robert's going to be the best one on the squad. Um, you, you have a lot of quality around the field, but I don't think that they're going to be <clears> – <throat> I don't think they're going to be able to do enough to get past going on after the group stage. I think they will squeak out of the group stage, but I don't think anything else – is going to be accomplished. There's actually a few interesting things to, to mention about Poland. Um, the first thing that pops out to me most is who, who gets to start at, at goalkeeper. Um, obviously, Chesney has not played much at Juventus with Buffon starting, starting over him. And um, Fabianski has been excellent for Swansea um, when his defense hasn't completely broken down in front of him. Um, so who, who gets to start there is an interesting debate to me. And I also feel like this Poland squad is a lot stronger than a lot of people think. Um, obviously, you have Glick, and that's going to man that defense. Um, you have Piszczek on the right, who can get forward and get back as easy as he wants. Um, one of my favorite players um, in the 2016 Euros and really 2014 to 2016 in general, uh, Jacob uh I, I just absolutely love this guy. Um, he was excellent at Dortmund, um, and he's just a great winger. Obviously, he's lost his pace and he's gotten older, um, but he's still enjoyable to watch. Uh, obviously, um, we, we won't touch on him too much, but we have the, uh, the, the crew rumor in there with uh, Frankowski. Um, don't know much about him, so so we won't talk about him too much. Um, and we have Grasicki as well from Hull, and he's an excellent player. Kuchowiak at West Brom, holding down at center defense. Um, Zielinski, obviously one of, one of the better playmakers for uh, this Polish squad. 
Um, Milik and Lewandowski up top is going to be deadly, and I feel like uh, so, something that a lot of people are um, underestimating when they when they look at this Poland squad. Um, but overall, I love this Poland squad. I feel like they're going to do really well. Yeah, I agree with everything people have said about Lewandowski. Um, I think Poland might potentially be a sleeper uh, that we might see. Um, I think we'll get out of the group, but might see them go further. This is a 32-man provisional squad, but Jan Benarek, from, he plays at Southampton. He's been pretty solid. He didn't really get to see much starts until towards the end when we were making the, the, the run from relegation. But what I did see of him was, was pretty good. Um, Max touched on Frankowski. I don't know much about him, but it would be cool um, if we signed a World Cup caliber player. Um, and then uh, Peace Check in Dortmund, he's pretty... He's pretty solid. A lot of people also forget that Poland made a run in the Euros, and and they ma- they made it decently far. So oh, maybe we can see a a part two of that. All right. And then moving on to Senegal, I think this is also one of those teams. Um, this might be the sleeper group. Um, I know that there's just one big name that jumps out uh, with Sadio Mane, but. I feel like this is one of those squads, again, talking about how the African qualification is is one of the most difficult because the few teams that go through and the process that they go through. But um, but although I can't speak too specific on other players and how, you know, tactics and things like this, I think this is a team that we might see something more out of than, than we expected. I am very excited for Senegal, personally. Um, I, they're, they're my biggest sleeper of this tournament. Uh, if they if they make it out of their group stage, which I, I believe they will, um, I, they can go deep into this tournament if they if they really uh, put their minds to it. Um, the likes of Sane come to mind. Um, also with Cheku Kiate at West Ham, uh, who hasn't been great this year, but he's gotten the job done when he needs to. Uh, Drusa Gay at Everton has been one of the the best CDMs box to box midfielders in in the league. Um, then obviously Sadio Mane, but also up top with Sadio Mane, we have uh, uh, Bade Keita um, at Monaco, and and he's he's had a decent season. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Senegal does. Yeah, so for Senegal, uh, they're without a doubt one of the most talented African teams and have been for the last 10 or so years. Um, the big concern for them is they're just one of those teams that have – looked great on paper and have never really showed up when all playing together on the international stage. Um, but I think definitely, obviously, Sadio Mane, they'll go as far as he takes them. Um, on his day, he has the ability to be one of the best wingers in the world. They also have one of the best center backs in the world with Koulibaly at Napoli, um, who I think it's kind of overlooked sometimes because he's African and because he plays at Napoli. Um, but they typically play a 4-3-3 and play very attacking the wingers like to get really wide um but yeah I think it's a little it's a little concerning that they as talented as they are have never really put together much at international level but qualifying for this world cup could be a good step one yeah not much else to touch on uh Senegal I think uh, they're a talented squad um I think they're going to battle to get out of this group but it's going to be tough especially going up against Colombia and Japan they're kind of uh even talented wise um, but I think they're going to be fun to watch. They're uh, they have a lot of good players. Uh, obviously, Mane is one of the best players in on the on the uh, on the team. So we're going to see what he does. See if he can get them moved on. 
All right. And then another team in the group is Colombia. Um, for me, I think the biggest person to watch is James Rodriguez. I know that's a Hataki, but he had a great 2014, kind of flopped a little bit at Real, and then is slowly emerging again at Bayern Munich. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he's back with the national team. Um, how will he look? Will he be of his 2014 World Cup self or more of the club self? And, and I'm pretty excited to see what comes out of him. Yeah, I think with Colombia, um, they're one of those teams that they have a lot of players who typically perform better at international level than they do for their clubs. I think with James, even during the struggles at Real Madrid, and um, he's been pretty good for Bayern Munich this year. Uh, but he's one of those guys who goes on international break and seems to kind of flip the switch and play really well. Also, one thing I've seen not too many people talk about is the fact that last World Cup, they made a pretty good run, and most of that team is returning. Um, but if anything, they've got better since then because Falcao, of course, missed that inj- missed that tournament with uh, injury, and he should be back leading the line. And at international level, I mean, James and Falcao are a pretty good duo to score goals for you. Um, and then another thing is in defense, they have a really young center back pairing that's kind of breaking out and should be one of the best center back pairings at this tournament with Davinson Sanchez at Tottenham and then uh, Mina, who was just recently signed by Barcelona who seems to play very well for Colombia. Yeah, I think uh, when you look at Colombia, you have a lot of really good players. Um, not a lot of them are really known because they have a lot of players that play in South American clubs. But um, I think they're going to be a really dangerous team. It's a really good Colombian team. Um, like Cam touched on, they are bringing back a lot of players that played in 2014. Uh, definitely want to highlight Falcao and James because they're going to kind of lead this team on to see if they can get moved forward. But I think it's going to be a really fun team to watch. Uh, definitely in South American qualifying, they did a good job. Obviously, um, they finished above Argentina, which was kind of a shock because everyone expected them to do better. But uh, they did do good enough to get through. Um, so I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch, going to be dangerous going forward. They have a good attack. Uh, it's a pretty well-rounded team. Uh, I feel like the only thing that you guys missed out on was uh, Jose Izquierda. Uh, Brighton, uh, obviously a pacey winger, um, and did really well for Brighton. Uh, had a couple of absolutely worldies um, against West Ham and other teams, but um, we won't touch on that too much. Uh, and then also Carlos Baca um, reaching the end of his career. Uh, I feel like that's going to be a motivation for him to do well in what could be one of his last tournaments. Um, and yeah, not much to touch on about Colombia. Uh, they they have a, a decently difficult group to get out of, um, and it should be interesting. All right, I have to be honest. I completely forgot about Falcao. Um, I know he's linked to um, the crew at one point. So. Hashtag Cowtown. <laughs> now the final team of all the discussions that'd be Japan. Um, oh, you may be surprised to know there are two players that I like, but at this point, since you know my. Um, preferences you're probably not surprised but uh Mayoshida who plays for Southampton he's an interesting player because he makes really really poor decisions um that I don't even know how to describe at that level um I feel like that's a whole we can have a whole podcast on center back problems or and at Southampton but um, from what I've seen on the national team level he doesn't seem to do the same kind of sketchy things so it'll be interesting to see him play 
And of course, uh, Sinja Kagawa at Dortmund, who I got to see score a goal at Signal Iduna Park, which was pretty cool. So um, those are, uh, I don't think Japan's going to make it that far, but um, there are a couple players on that team that I personally like. So I'm going to probably check them out when they play. Yeah, so I see this team as probably the weakest of the four in this group. Um, but they definitely do have a few players. Uh, Honda, formerly of AC Milan, and then Kagawa Yoshida, like Todd mentioned. Um, I guess the kind of bright spot for them is this is the third World Cup for most of these players. It's pretty much the same core from 2010 and 2014. So maybe they can build on that experience and you know surprise some people and make a run. Um Kind of one thing that's a little bit concerning is with their coaching. Um, their coach actually quit two months before the World Cup, um, about well, about two months ago, and um, so that could be a little concerning because up until now with these friendlies, this is the first time that these players have ever played under the coach. So that's not ideal heading into a World Cup with most of the players having only played one or two games under a coach. But maybe Japan can pull a surprise. Yeah, looking at Japan, they're definitely the weak link in this group. I don't really expect them to do anything. I think they're going to finish bottom of the group. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I don't really expect them to do anything important. Yeah, Japan is one of those teams where you see one or two players and you don't really think much past it. But um, uh, one player that that you guys failed to mention was Okazaki at uh, Leicester City. Uh, I feel like he's a great player. Um, And... He knows how to put the ball in the net, and that's that's all that matters in the game of soccer. And um, uh, obviously, you have Shinji and another player that I've I've followed and loved for a long time because he's just one of those guys that that seems like a real, a really good guy on top of being a really great player. Um, Yoshida, obviously, we talked about earlier with his problems, I guess you could say. Um, but he I, he is. I believe the best defender on Japan, um, but yeah, that, there's not much to add about Japan. That, that as uh, Cam said, they are the, the weakest team in this group. Um, but I'd love to see them prove me wrong again with um, with these teams that I keep talking down. I'd love to see them prove me wrong and, and make it out. All right. Well, that's the best part of the World Cup is um, there are always upsets and there's always uh, people who go on that you don't expect. So there you have it. That's our analysis of all 32 teams and all the groups. And we'll end this segment there, and we'll come back and give you our predictions. And welcome back to Podcast for Columbus. We are now talking about our predictions for the group winners and the runners-up. So we'll just go in order and go around the table. Um, We'll start with Group A, and as a reminder, it's Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Uruguay. For me, out of Group A, I have Uruguay winning and Egypt as the runner-up. I have the exact same Uruguay winning the group and Egypt finishing with the runner-up. 
Um, mine's a little different. I do have Uruguay top, but I have Russia sneaking out and uh, using the home field advantage to get out of group stage. I have the same two teams getting out as Todd and Cam, but I do them flipped. I think Egypt um, get out on top and then Uruguay getting out second, but it all depends on how much Salah plays and how well he plays. All right, and Group B, as a reminder, is Portugal, Spain, Morocco, and Iran. And my winner of the group is Spain, with Portugal being the runner-up. Mine would also be the same. I have Spain winning the group and Portugal being the runner-up. I think Morocco is a good team that I think could make it out of most groups. However, this group will be a little too strong for them. Yeah, I think this one's pretty straightforward. I've got the same uh, Spain top, Portugal second. Yeah, I've got the exact same as everybody else. Um, I completely agree with Cam's statement about Morocco. They would make it out of um, another group that isn't a group of death. But, uh, yeah, completely the same. All right, so Group C is France, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. I have France winning the group. And then I actually made this prior to the news of this week, but I have Peru as a surprise out of the group. So this is where me and Todd are going to disagree. I have France winning the group fairly easy. Should be nine points out of nine. And then I have Denmark finishing second with Peru finishing just short. Um, I do have the same as Todd. I've got France up top. going to be easy for them to get out of this group. And I've got Peru sneaking past um, out by one point. Seems to be a 50-50 split here. Um, I agree with Cam. Um, I believe France is going to get out on top. And then Denmark with the their strength of Castro Schmeichel and um, Christensen and also Erickson in the middle. Um, I feel like they're too strong, and they're going to overpower Peru when they play them, and they're going to sneak out above them. All right, so for Group D, this is where I may have stuff thrown at me. I did originally have Argentina not even making it out of the group, but I I wisened up a little bit. Um, I have Croatia taking the group and Argentina squeaking by with number two. So although I agree that I... Don't think Argentina is very good outside of Messi. Um, I have them winning the group. I think Messi and maybe one of the few good good other players they have with Aguero, Dybala, Higuain. I think they'll be able to win this group. And then I have Croatia finishing second. Uh, yeah, I've got the same thing. Um, I've got Argentina up top. Um, hopefully they can get it done. And then I've got Croatia uh, getting passed for a second. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get stuff thrown at me too. But um. I've Argentina winning easily. Um, I don't agree at all that Argentina is a one-man squad. I feel like they're going to click somehow. Um, obviously, their qualifiers was rough, uh, and that's why I feel like they're going to pick it up in the uh, in the actual World Cup, and they're going to finish on top, winning all three games. Um, and then I have Iceland making it out. Um, I don't think there's any surprise there, but apparently there is. Um, Croatia, obviously a great team. Um, but Iceland just have that have that odd chemistry with with themselves and and the fans that um, I believe that they're gonna have a great a great group stage. I don't know how much farther than past the group stage they're gonna get, but um, I do believe they're gonna get out second. Boom boom clap. <laughs> I think Iceland's one of those teams that uh, at least I would love to see see get out of the group, um, and then especially since my home country is not in any group um so when i did a practice one i did have iceland they were the ones that upset argentina but that's just not realistic um and i did forget to mention at the outset that nigeria and iceland were 
Argentina and Croatia were the four. So Nigeria is the one that none of us think are, are going to go through. Uh, moving on to Group E, we've got Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, and Serbia. I have Brazil as the winner, and then I went with Serbia as the runner-up. I have Brazil winning this group. I think, again, just like France, they should win their group fairly easily, 9 out of 9. And then I also have Serbia second, I think. Although it's kind of a popular hipster pick, I think Savage is going to have a very good tournament and will at least get them to the round of 16. Um, I also have Brazil up top. I think it's going to be an easy group for them to get out of. Um, but I have Switzerland coming in second. Uh, I, too, have Brazil up top. But I do believe that Costa Rica is going to sneak out of that at the second position. Um, Kenna Watson showing up. Taylor Navas also um, having a stellar... Stellar... Uh, Group stage, and um, I think that's what's going to lead him to get out of there. Max with some CONCACAF love there. Um, if Kendall Waston can avoid getting a red card, you know, it'd be pretty sweet for uh, Costa Rica there. Mm-hmm. Uh, group F, we've got Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea. Um, no surprise that I have Germany at the top. But um, based on our comments, you may be surprised that I do see Mexico getting out of the group at a number two spot. So I have Germany winning the group as well. I don't think anyone else would disagree with that. Um, and then I actually, I went back and forth with it, but I did pick Sweden to finish second. I think they could surprise some people, especially playing, you know, kind of to show that they're a country that rely, that can kind of play without Ibrahimovic. Um, I've got Germany up top. It's uh, pretty obvious that they're going to be the better team in the group. But I do have Mexico getting out ahead of Sweden and South Korea. When I originally wrote my World Cup story, I'd put uh, Sweden to get out. But um, after a lot harder thought, I feel like um, Germany will finish up top and Mexico will sneak out uh, just slightly above Sweden, maybe a late winner in, in their game. Um, it, it'll be really interesting, though. That's definitely a group that I'm, I'm going to follow closely. And I, I hope that a lot of others follow closely because it's it's very interesting. All right, and Group G consists of Belgium, Panama, Tunisia, and England. I have Belgium as being the winner. Um, to be honest, I didn't think England would get out of the group stages. Um, I think they've got a lot of talent. I'm not convinced that they'll be able to play well together. But with Panama and Tunisia, probably two of the poorest groups in the entire cup, England will squeak out a runner-up spot out of Group G. I have Belgium and England as well. I think an interesting interesting thing to watch is I think England and Belgium should both take care of Tunisia um, and Panama fairly easily, so that matchup of England and Belgium on the last day should be interesting to see who finishes top. Yeah, I've got the same thing. I think this group is pretty easy to predict who gets out. It's going to be Belgium up top and then England for second. For no other reason other than gut feeling, um, I put England to get out on top and then Belgium to come in second. Um, and with the, the absence of Reginald going, I, I feel a little better about that. But um, uh, yeah, that's I, I, I'm intrigued to see if that's going to gonna stick. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. All right, and finally we have Group H with Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan. I've got Colombia winning the group. Um, it was hard for me between Senegal and Poland because I did say earlier I think Senegal is your sleeper of the tournament, but I did ultimately choose Poland as getting out of the group in the second spot. 
I actually have Poland finishing top of the group, um, and then it was very tough for me to decide between Senegal and Colombia, but I think Colombia, with their World Cup experience and being more of a sure thing to show up than Senegal, I went with Colombia. Um, I'm going to go Colombia up top. Um, I think they've got a good squad. Uh, they're going to lock it in and put out a good performance, and then I'm going to go with Senegal for second place. Oh, there we Even go. Even Poland out. Yep. That's very interesting. It's going to happen. Um, I got Poland finishing on top, and then um, something that I, m- I might get in trouble for. Uh, I have Senegal finishing uh, second instead of Colombia. I just don't feel like Colombia is going to have the strength throughout the tournament to, uh, or throughout the group stages, excuse me, to make that um, make that push for that second spot. And I feel like Senegal has has too much strength up top to um, overpower uh, Colombia and. Um, Japan. All right, now that we went with our group picks, they actually weren't that as different as I thought we were, but we'll talk about our final fours, which I have a feeling are going to be much, much different, and that's where that's where we'll diverge. So I have um, Portugal and Belgium making it through to the final. I'm sorry, not to the final. Making it through to the final, to the final four, to the quarterfinal. Um, and I have Portugal upsetting France to get there. And on the other side, I have Germany playing Spain. The ultimate final... I'm so glad this worked out this way because to me this would be incredible to see Germany and Belgium in the final, and I have German being back-to-back world champions. Gross. So I have an all-Euro final four. I have Spain and Germany on one end, and I have to go with the Germans there. I think they make it back to the final. And then on the other side, I have France-Belgium, and as much as I love the Belgian team, I also love the French team, and I think France will make it to the final. Gross. And then, so it's a France-Germany final, and I think France fights their demons and lifts the cup. All right, for my final four, it's more of a what I want, not really what I think. Um, I've got Argentina and Germany facing off. Uh, Argentina pulls out to go to the final. And then on the other side, I've got France and Brazil. Brazil beating France to give us the classic final of Argentina versus Brazil. Argentina out top. Wow, I disagree with all of you. Um, I have France versus Belgium in, in the one side of the Final Four. Uh, France advancing to the finals there. Um, and then Argentina versus Germany. And my picks rely solely on how bad is Argentina going to want to beat Germany and um, how, how bad are they going to want to redeem themselves from last year. Um, so I have them beating Germany. Uh, and it'll be a F- France versus Argentina final, and then I have Argentina winning uh, the World Cup and giving Messi his first uh, major trophy for a national team. All right. Um, are there any particular matches that you're looking forward to? I mean, I think Portugal-Spain on the 15th is one that, that I'm pretty much looking forward to. Argentina-Iceland I think will be a lot of fun. Um, anything that you guys are looking forward to in particular? I think as far as the group stage goes, um, obviously Portugal, Spain, uh, but then also on the last day, uh, Belgium versus England, uh, match day three should be very interesting. And then into the knockout rounds of the tournament, I would love to see a France-Belgium matchup in the last four, just to kind of see two teams that are often perform below expectation and have very talented squads on paper and kind of see which team puts it together and gets to the final. Not a definite game, but um, if Spain and Argentina both come out top of the group, 
uh, they would go ahead um, to face each other. I think that would be a good matchup. Uh, Messi against a lot of his teammates in Barcelona, um, just to see what they can do head-to-head. And then I think another good matchup is um, obviously Spain and Portugal in the group stage. I think that's going to be a good one. Um, I'm I'm, a, I'm excited for a couple of weird ones. Um, Poland Senegal. I, I feel like that's that's a battle between uh, two top teams in, in their respective groups. Uh, England Belgium. Um, that's going to be a great game. It might decide uh, who gets out on top in that group. Um, and then uh, another weird one: uh, Croatia and I- Iceland, uh, because that could also determine who gets out uh, behind Argentina, or maybe even finishes first. You never know. Um, something wild might happen. Uh, but yeah, those are, those are most of my uh, big games that I'm excited for. A little bit of Germany, Mexico. I'll definitely be watching that um, to see if uh, Germany can prove their worth against an, a gr- good team. Um, and yeah, that's basically all the games I'm I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I also had Germany, Mexico, and England, Belgium on my list. But one of the weird ones that I think will be fun just because of the aforementioned players that I like to watch is Japan, Poland. Um, I don't expect that anything great to come out of that game, but that will be a fun game to check out. And then, as many of you know, they give awards at the end of the tournament for like best player, best goalkeeper, those types of things. So let's go around the panel and see who do you think is going to get Golden Ball, which is awarded to the best player of the tournament. Personally, um, since I have my winner is Argentina, I feel like Messi is going to have the, be- the best tournament of, of any player we might ever see. Uh, I feel like this is going to be his, his tournament. It's going to be... Um, all him really and uh, I feel like Messi is going to get that golden ball award uh, yeah I've got the same I've got Messi um, more of hopes again I don't really expect much from Argentina but um, I do hope Messi can pull it together with the rest of the team and they can actually do something um, as a group um, I feel like a lot of people put the World Cup on Messi as his legacy depends on him winning a World Cup but I don't think that's particularly true I think uh, he's still arguably the best player in the world in uh, history but uh, winning a World Cup would definitely cement his spot as the number one although the golden ball doesn't necessarily always go to a player on the winning team um, I picked France to win and therefore I've picked Paul Pogba to win the golden ball I think Although I think the strikers in front of him, the forwards in front of him, will score most of the goals for France. I think he will be the kind kind of the guy that creates and puts it all together in midfield. And I think he will kind of be the best player on the team that wins the World Cup. Therefore, I have him winning the Golden Ball. So I slightly differ. Um, even though I picked the same player as Max and Cam, I th- I'm sorry, Max and Dakota, I think Messi's going to win the best player. I think it's going to be similar to last year. That's going to be a consolation prize for him, unfortunately. But because I don't have Argentina winning or even uh, making it to the final, but that doesn't mean he's not the best player of the tournament. Um, I do think that what a time to be alive, to be alive at the same time that Messi and Ronaldo are alive and watch them play. Um, I I agree. There's a lot of talk about, well, Messi has to win a World Cup before he's the best player in the world. I don't agree with that. I don't think that matters. Um, But that's who I have winning the Golden Ball. And then moving on to the Golden Boot, who is the top goal scorer. What do you guys think is going to win that award? So, um, for the Golden Boot, um, 
along with the likes of picking Pogba for France, I'm going to go with one of the French forwards. I have Kylian Mbappe, although he is my favorite player, so there's a little bit of bias there. I think he's going to win the Golden Boot. I would expect him to get around six or seven goals in the tournament. Uh, not to repeat names again, but um, if Argentina is going to make it to the final, it's not going to be without Messi scoring goals, so I'm going to go ahead and give him a Golden Boot. Uh, I have a bit of a different one from both of you. Uh, I went with a French player to get the Golden Boot uh, since I have them in my finals. Um, Antoine Griezmann to net at many, many, many goals um, leading up to the finals. Uh, he can play anywhere, and, and he knows how to get the ball in the back of net, and I, that's, that's all that matters once again. For me, I kind of use the same strategy. I use the team that I think is going to win in Germany. Um, I think Timo Werner has been just killing it in Bundesliga. So I just feel like if he can repeat that in the national stage, um, I think he's going to score a lot of goals, and I think Germany is going to win, and he's going to get that golden boot. Yeah, personally watching Timo Werner um, do what he does, I, I would honestly love to see him get that golden boot. A shout for Muller and Lukaku as well. The Golden Gov goes to the best goalkeeper of the tournament. Who do you guys think that's going to be? I debated really hard in um, when we were going through groups about goalkeepers. Uh, obviously, I went I went through a lot of teams and and discussed it. But um, I believe the best goalkeeper, if he gets the starting job, and there's a big emphasis on that, will be Ter Stegen. I feel like he he will hold clean sheets in the group stage. Um, he'll do what he can uh, leading up to. Um, whatever stage they, they get knocked out in. Um, and if he gets the starting job, he, he will be excellent. Uh, for me, looking at the uh, pass and uh, teams going up against each other, I think um, Spain, they're going to face a lot of shots. Um, I think De Gea is going to come out with a golden glove, um, not letting much get past. Although I have a France-Germany final for me, I would look to one of my semifinalists, either David De Gea or Thibaut Courtois. I would probably slightly go with De Gea. Also, I'd watch for Alisson if Brazil do make a run. So this is a difficult one for me because I, I don't know who's going to start as German goalkeeper. Um, I don't know if, if it was Neuer. You know, I think he definitely has the potential to win the award. Um, I do think De Gea, as we've discussed, is the best goalkeeper in the world right now, the best goalkeeper at the World Cup. But I have Spain going out in the semifinals. So, because I have Belgium in the final, and this could be weird because I think Germany's going to win, but I give Thibaut Courtois the golden glove. And the award for the best young player under 21, there really is unfortunately only one choice for this. So I'm going to go ahead and steal it and say Mbappe is going to win that award. <laughs> Yeah, I'd agree. I had him as my Golden Boot winner, so I'd be kind of dumb to not put him as my best young player. I think one of his teammates also could take could take it, Usman Dembele, depending on the amount of playing time he gets. Yeah, I think it's going to be the same. I'm uh, looking at Mbappe to get that. I agree, um, because there's not much to disagree with. But uh, I, I also feel like Dembele could have a decent shot at that. Uh, it all depends on who outperforms the other, really. All right, so we're talking about teams. Biggest shock to not make it out of group stages. I know this doesn't have to coincide with our predictions because I've got a couple that I said we'll go through, but um, a couple that I think might be the shockers. 
Uh, I'll go ahead and kick it off with a little Croatia. Um, I, I feel like they're going to finish third. Um, trying not to be biased towards Iceland, but but I do love the way that they have their chemistry uh, set and their confidence with um, when they step onto that field that they, they are going to win that game. Um, watching them against Portugal last year in the group stages, or sorry, excuse me, not last year, uh, in Euro 2016 um, against Portugal in the group stages. Uh, it, w- it was awesome to watch. Um, they they have a lot of drive. They know how to beat good teams, and I feel like they're, they're going to sneak out uh, above Croatia. Um, nothing against Croatia. I just feel like Iceland is going to have that, that better connection with each other. Um, and obviously they have the fans behind them, like tw- what was it, 20% of their population book tickets to go to the World Cup. Like, that's something ridiculous. Um, yeah, no no worries there. I'm, I'm confident with that pick. Um, but unfortunately, whenever I'm confident with something, it doesn't happen. So, um, yeah, Iceland above Croatia. Yeah, I think for the picks that I made, probably Mexico and Switzerland would be the biggest surprises. But then if I were to just throw one out there that I think could potentially happen, I think I could see Portugal maybe slip up and not get out of the group stage. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my predictions. Um, Poland uh, in Group H, I think a lot of people expect them to get out pretty easily, but I don't think it's going to be uh, that easy to get out of that group. Um, So I'm going to say that they're the biggest upset to not get out of the group stage. Um, Another one, uh, just kind of hopeful thinking um i would like to see uh one of the bigger teams slip up i know it's not going to happen but um it would be cool to see like uh germany or brazil uh kind of mess up and not not move on on that note the two teams that i had uh this is when i did my original bracket back in i think it was like october um i had argentina and france not making it out of their groups i think both teams have the potential to to be a flop um, I don't think it'll gonna ha- it's going to happen, but I, I, honestly, if it did happen, I would not be surprised. So on the flip side, which team do you think will go further than anyone expected? Well, I'll start with this one then, and I'll say Iceland. Even though I didn't predict them to get out of their group stages, I would love to see them um, play a couple more games. And also Senegal is the team that I predicted to be the sleeper. So those two may me um in my opinion had the potential to go further than anyone expected uh a team that a lot of people probably wouldn't expect to get far um but i feel like they can is poland um i don't really see them making the finals or even a final four but even a round of eight would be great for them and and it would really boost their confidence um I don't know how many World Cups Lewandowski has left in them, but um, if they can make it to the round eight and they can gather their confidence and they can gather themselves in general, uh, and for the next year, as um, they can be a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, for me, I don't really see like an unexpected win or anything like that. I think it's once you get kind of to the last four teams, it's pretty straightforward of you know the five or six teams that could be there. But I think. Like Max said, I would have Poland potentially making a round of eight run or maybe even Egypt, um, you know, if Salah kind of continues his Liverpool form into the Egyptian national team. Uh, The team I think that could go further than people would expect uh, is Uruguay. Uh, They've got a lot of talented um, attackers on their team. 
um, if they do make it out of the group stage, I have them going up against Portugal. So I think that that's going to be a good matchup if it comes to happen. Um, but I do think that Uruguay is going to go further than some people would expect. All right, and we'll do the same thing with players. So who is the James Rodriguez of the 2018 World Cup? Who is going to light up this tournament? Uh, I'll lead it off with a little Sadio Mane. Um, I feel like if if he is truly like like on on top of his game and he, and he literally puts Senegal on his back then um he's going to going to have one of the greatest tournaments we'll ever see um he's been excellent for Liverpool and uh if he can continue that then it's going to be awesome to watch first of all and he's going to take Senegal farther than anybody would expect yeah for me it's hard to kind of see like a situation similar to James, but um, although he plays for a kind of higher ranked team than Colombia was, a player that I think it kind of surprises Isco. I think because he's not really a guaranteed starter at Real Madrid, um, because he's kind of been under some criticism and kind of been rumored to transfer out of there at times. I think he's the kind of player that could show that he's one of the best creative midfielders in the world in this tournament, and I think he can score goals as well. Um, I think he could kind of, you know, prove that he's a guy that Madrid need to look to build build around after Ronaldo. All right, and then I've got um, Mbappe or Timo Werner, one of those two guys. This might be more of an obvious answer, but um, so perhaps from that extent, they'll be the biggest disappointment if they don't um, if they don't come out. But those are the two guys that I'm I'm looking to have a great cut. I would also throw uh, Gabriel Jesus in there. Um, I think he's a guy that. I mean, he was Brazil's top scorer in qualifying, so it's kind of obvious. But at the same time, people look at that team as kind of Neymar's team, Coutinho's team, the midfield, the defenders, the fullbacks. It's kind of Jesus is kind of just he's he's a younger player. He wasn't at the last tournament, uh, but I think he's a guy who could be kind of if Brazil makes a run, could be up there for one of the top scores of the tournament and really kind of boost how he's viewed in world football. I'm going to go along with my prediction of Argentina doing well, and I'm going to call out a player that a lot of people don't expect anything from, and that is Iguain. Um He hasn't really been well in qualifying, hasn't been playing well uh, for the national team very much at all, but I think he's going to uh, pull it together and uh, help Argentina to get forward. Hopefully his physique changes to be less like mine and more like a soccer player. <laughs> All right. Where I should start. <laughs> so the biggest disappointment. Who will be the biggest disappointment of the 2018 World Cup? Although they're probably my favorite team, if I could pick a team to win, it would probably be them. But I think Brazil will be the most disappointing. I really just feel like they will probably go out in the round of eight. They're definitely a team that's capable of winning it, but I think they kind of have the expectation that they're going to win this tournament. I mean, anything other than a win would be considered a failure. And I just have a hard time seeing them win it, let alone even make it into a position where they could win it. Uh, Most disappointing for me, I'm going to go with England. Um, I didn't really predict them to do very well in this tournament, even though they do have a lot of really good players on their squad. Um, I just don't think that they're going to be able to get much done. Yeah, uh, I agree with Dakota here, uh, England definitely going to be a big disappointment, but I would go with my biggest disappointment being Spain with how great of players they have. Um, them not getting out 
and making it to at least a Final Four would be really disappointing. Uh, obviously, they'd have to get past Argentina before that. Um, I have Argentina beating them, obviously, and winning it all. But, um, yeah, with how strong their squad is, uh, I believe that would be the biggest disappointment. And, obviously, England has been below exceptional um, in its past performances, losing to Iceland and the Euros uh, in 2016. was obviously not what they had planned. Um, so I feel like it's kind of typical for England to get knocked out early. But, um, yeah, I, I go I go Spain as the biggest disappointment with England not too far behind. To me, um, biggest disappointment will be France. Um, I still wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it too far. Um, and Griezmann, I think he's overrated. I have a feeling that the expectations on him are going to be very high, and I think he's going to flop. I hope I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. It's a hot take. But that's man. what I think is going to happen. Well, you guys picked England, so... I mean, uh, that was easy. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, um, so we did have a few people on Twitter who asked questions. So, Son of Woden, um, how about the sleeper teams in the tournament and the key players? I hope that we did a good job answering that. And uh, Christopher Allen at Clever Goose, what are the tourney favorites' biggest weaknesses? I think Cam did the best job of breaking down uh, strengths and weaknesses of the individual teams. And we got Josh Patterson at CJW saying, how do you like the Chicago Fire's chances? I will answer that question by saying better than France's chances. That was just rude. That was, oh. Um, I like Chicago's chances. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, piss yeah. on the fire. So leave it <laughs> oh, God. Chicago might have a better team than Messi has around him for Argentina. Wow. So. I feel attacked. Chicago Maybe they the could combine and Messi win a World Cup. So. So if you're still listening, we are now going to go through all of the jerseys. This is the hard-hitting analysis that you have been waiting for. Um, first up, we will post this all up on our Twitter. First, we will post this all on our Twitter account, um, podcast for CBUS. Um, starting with Russia, their home kit is just a boring red template. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> starting with Russia... Um, their home kit is red with kind of a white slash on the sleeves. And then their away kit is like a teal color of sleeves. The sleeve rings and the neck ring is teal color with like polka dots all over. So for me, I feel like Adidas has done Russia a disservice in using a template kit for the host nation. I give the home kit a 2 and the away kit a 4.5. Yeah, I think the home kit kind of looks like something that like a high school would buy for their team and then screen print on their logo. It just is a very generic kit and I would give it a 1 out of 5 and then I would give the away kit a 3 out of 5. Yeah, I'm feeling the same. Home kit is really boring. Um, I like their crest. It's cool. Um, home kit gets a 1 out of 5. Uh, away kit, I like it. It's got good uh, detail on it, um, but it's not really amazing, so I'll give it a 3. A home kit one out of five. Don't even need to mention it anymore. 
I like it. I actually kind of like it. So I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. All right. Next we have Brazil. They've got their home kit is their typical primary yellow with a green neck ring. And then their away kit is kind of a psychedelic blue thing with, with stars on it. <laughs> um, this is where people are going to disagree with me. I'm all for iconic kits, but, I mean, do something with it. So I'm giving them a three for the home and a four for the away for doing something different. Uh, for the home, I'm going to give them a four out of five. Um, I think it's a classic, and then the away is one of my favorite kits in the tournament, so I'm going to give it a five out of five. Yeah, I've got similar opinions. Um, Brazil, you can't really mess with perfection. They've got a great home kit, a classic, um, always the same. It's iconic. You can pick it out. Um, so I'm going to go four out of five, not five out of five, because it's still pretty plain. Uh, away kit, it's one of my favorite in the tournaments. I love this star on it. Uh, matches their flag. They've got stars on their flag. Um, if I was a Brazil fan, I would be buying this jersey. I'm giving that a five out of five. Yeah, I agree with Coda here. Um I do, I do like the, the classic yellow. I think it's iconic, and and you know there may not be any uniqueness to it, but uh, you gotta respect where where the the game originally started. So I'm gonna go four out of five for the the regular home yellow kit, and then um, I love the blue personally. It's one of the best in the tournament. Um, I'm going five out of five for the blue. All right. Unfortunately, I could not find the Iran kits. If you have it, um, send it to me. Uh, tweet at us at podcast for Cbus. So Japan has um, their home kit is blue with um, red. I'm sorry, with white dots on it, and then their weight kit is primarily white with a little bit of a flourish on the chest area. But for me, I think they're visually horrible. So I would actually give both of them a one out of five. Agree completely. One out of five for both. Yeah, they're that's being generous. They're pretty bad. Like I would not buy this if I was. Japanese, I would be embarrassed to wear it. One out of five. You guys don't like those? It's horrible. I kind of like them. How do you? <laughs> how do you guys really not like? Okay, I can understand the blue. I don't like. I, what? Are, what even are those? Like those are just lines? Dashes? Polka dots. Yeah. Okay. I, I can. I can see what you mean with that. I also don't like the flag above the crest. I think that's weird. I'll give it a two out of five. I love the white. I, I don't agree with you guys at all. I think the white is cool. It's just so boring. It's like a uh, okay, but it's better. It's better than Russia. It's a plain white T-shirt. It's better than Russia. Look, they have the little thing up here. At least Russia has some design. This is like straight no, up. No, Russia like didn't Michael have Jordan design. Michael Jordan I'm Russia, sorry. Russia's red was just horrible. I'm, I I love the away. I'm gonna give the away a four out of five. Uh, big disagreement there Fake from news. all of us. So Mexico's jerseys are interesting. They have uh, a green home kit with lighter green colors on the side and then they have an away kit that's primarily white but with a green white and red band across the chest area for me i really like the green kit kind of but as a template not as a world cup kit so i give it a 3.5 um, a little bit of template fatigue from adidas um and then the away kit it gets a two from me because it doesn't look that bad on its own but when you add the burgundy shorts it, it just it doesn't look right so uh, 3.5 for the green. What did I say for the green? 3.5 yeah, for the green and a 2 weird. for the white. For Mexico, for me, the green I don't really like at all. I would give it a 1 one out of 5. And then for the away kit, I like the burgundy accents. I would give it a 3 out of 5, but nothing crazy. 
uh, Mexico home kit, green one. Uh, it's boring. Two, two out of five. Um, away, I actually kind of like it, so I'm going to give it a four. I kind of like the green. Um, I, I think it's going to be better when it when we get a picture of it on an actual player. Uh, so I'll give it a three and a half out of five. But um, I don't see the 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 design point in the away kit. So I'm going like one and a half out of five. I, I don't know. I just don't feel it. Yeah, it's almost like they were trying to make up for Italy not making the tournament or something. Like <laughs> um, and then on the Belgium kit, they have a red. This is made by Adidas as well. They have, they're red with a nice argyle across the center. The crest is in the heart instead of on the chest. And then the away kit is yellow, um, kind of a yellow template, almost like the goalkeeper jerseys. Um, for me, the home Belgium kit is one of my favorites. That one's a solid 5 out of 5. It's beautiful. I love how the crest is centered instead of um, to the left like they usually are. The weight kit gets a 4.5 from me. It would have gotten higher because I think it's really sharp, but it's just a template. So I'm a little bit disappointed that, that Adidas uses the template for World Cup kits. For Belgium, um, I like the Argyle. I like the red. The crest in the center of the chest, just I can't stand that. So for that reason, I would give it a 2 out of 5. And then for the away, I like the yellow. It's a really nice color of yellow with kind of another shade of yellow mixed in there. And then the black and red accents make it a solid four out of five. Yeah, uh, Belgium home. I don't like the crest in the middle. I think it looks dumb. Um, but I do like the argyle. It's got a nice color. Uh, give it a two out of five away. Like the yellow. Got some accents, uh, striped boxes on it, so it looks kind of cool. So four out of five. I love you, Coda, but I don't agree. I love the crest in the middle. Uh, I think both are actually beautiful. Um, I, I would go with yellow being slightly worse just because it lacks a little bit of creativity. I still like the way it looks, but um, I'm going 5 out of 5 for the the home and um, 4 out of 5 for the away. All right, moving on to South Korea. Um, we have uh, their home kit is red. It's just a red V-neck, no accents, anything on it, black shorts, red socks. And then the away um, is an attempt to kind of create something it's a horizontal lines across it um it's almost like they have a red north section and a blue south section i'm not sure if that means anything but uh, but the home kit gets a one out of five for me nothing creative there and then the away kit i think they at least tried something so they they're gonna get a three and a half out of five for me yeah with the home kit just like a plain red t-shirt with a badge and a nike logo i give that a one out of five and then the away kit like todd said they tried something it kind of works kind of doesn't i give it a three out of five uh home kit is trash it's boring uh one out of five away kit i do see what they're doing there uh matches the flag they've got a, a divided circle in the middle uh red and blue so kind of matches up with that i like what they did so it's a four out of five for the away uh personally um i feel like they saw rush's kit and they just kind of copy and pasted their own um crest on top of rushes so i'm giving that a zero out of five because i just absolutely despise it um the way i actually really like um i I feel like it's creative i I feel like the design aspect of it is cool so i'm gonna go with a four and a half out of five all right um i keep forgetting to name the manufacturer but the nike did the south korea kits um and saudi arabia is also from nike um 
for the home kit, they just created a white with a light green accent on the neck. And then the away kit looks like it's all green, which is closely more closely to the color of the actual flag. So I don't mind the away kit, but I'm not a fan of either one of them as a whole. The home kit, get, the home kit gets a 2.5, and the away kit gets a 3 from me. Yeah, I really like the white and the, the shade of green on the home kit. It's kind of plain, but it's also very classy. It looks like something you could kind of wear anywhere. Um, I would give it a 3.5 out of 5, and then the away kit um, is also decent. I would give it a 3 out of 5. Yeah, I think they're they're both pretty plain, but it's it matches up with their flag. So, I mean, there's really not much to work with. So I'm going to give both of them 3 out of 5. They're just decent. I always feel when designing that simpler looks better and um in fact this is what saudi arabia went for here um it all depends if their home kit goes all white as long as or as well as their away kit went all green because i love the away i would give it a four out of five um because of the all green it looks great it looks like color rush from um the nfl color rush jerseys um if home goes all white i would i would give it a four out of five as well but if it doesn't then i would go two and a half so what was that what is your ranking for the home uh, i would go two and a half out of five for the home and then for away i go four out of five all right and going on to the world um champions germany um the home kit is basically a retro jersey um going back to where they had stripes across the chest but the different shades of black and then the awake kit is just a glorious specimen of shades of green and designs, and just it's just incredible. And I cannot wait to wear it. Uh, the home kit, I, I like what they tried to do. I think execution lacks a little bit. I give it a three point five. The awake kit is by far one of my favorite of the of the competition. Gets a solid five out of five. Oh uh, yeah. So for the home, I think sometimes retro is better. I think in this case. It's really not. I think this is one of the worst Germany home kits in a while. I'd give it a two out of five. And then as far as the as the away goes, they really bring it back with one of the best kits in the tournament. Five out of five. Um, Germany. I hate both of them because they both have four stars on them. Um, I'm going to give the home a zero out of five because it makes me want to throw up. And I hate that Germany wears green because they have no green on their flag and it makes zero sense. So also zero out of five. Germany, step it up. I don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> um, I, I hate home. Love away. Five out of five for away. Um, one out of five for home. Thank you. All right, moving on to England. Oh, by the way, the manufacturer was Adidas, so you can write a letter to Adidas. Uh, quote up. All right. Um, I'll, I'll England is made by... <laughs> have a word. By England. You've got your classic white with the three lions, um, which... No surprise, guys. I'm not that excited about. But the away kit has the cross that you'll see in the English English flag running through it. And it's solid red, but it's got a little bit of heathered design, and you can see that cross. I'm so excited to see that on players. I love that away jersey. Both these made by Nike. I'm giving the home a 1.5, a little bit boring, and I'm giving the away a solid 5 out of 5. Yeah, for me, both of these are pretty plain. Neither really excite me, but both are pretty classy. I'd give them both three out of five. Uh, England home, it's pretty plain, but it's classic kit. They always wear the same thing. Um, three out of five, I guess, for home. Um, away, I do like the cross. Um, matches the flag, so I'm going to give it a four out of five. Uh, personally, I'll, I love the, the white 
for England. Um, it's classic. Um, I, lo- I love that they, they've kept it all the time, so I'm giving it a 3 out of 5 for the away. I can't tell if they're Switzerland or England, so I'm giving it a 1 out of 5. All right, and Spain is also manufactured by Adidas. Um, they have a home jersey that's like... Disgusting. <laughs> what is that? Just horror. It's a 0 out of 10 for me. And then the away kit is just a plain white kit with orange. If you zoom in on it, it looks like they have like bluish, greenish elements to it. So I'm not sure what that means. I think that's going to look really cool on TV. Um, so the home kit is getting a 0 out of 5 from me. The away kit is going to get a 2.5. The reason I can't love the away kit as much as too much like the Houston Dynamo. Yeah, I'd go home kit zero out of five and away kit two out of five. Yeah, home kit. Oh, what what are you doing? It's orange. That's that's gross. Um, away kit. I like what they're doing. They've got some accents on it, but overall, Spain disappointed. Um, both of them get a one out of five. I'm sure Catalonia would have better jerseys. Oh gosh. <laughs> Gerard Piquet, shout out. Um, home kit, absolutely abysmal. Um, zero out of five. Uh, away kit, can't tell if you're Atlanta United or Spain. Uh, zero out of five. Thank you. All right, we have Nigeria manufactured by Nike. And what's incredible is they actually have gone out of the way to create a non-template design. So I don't even know how to describe it, but the home kit has great elements and design to it. The sleeves are different than the front part of the shirt. The weight kit is really plain, but it's a really, really dark green with with light green accents on it that I don't mind. But the home kit's getting a 4.5 from me, and the away is getting a 2.5. Yeah, I think Nigeria, overall, both of their kits, I think they have probably one of the best uh, home and aways if you combine them together in the tournament. Um, home, I would give a 5 out of 5. I'm not really sure what that is, but it's beautiful. And then I think the away kit's really classy. It's a nice shade of green accented by another nice shade of green. Yeah, home kit, it's uh, one of the best ones in the tournament. It's a 5 out of 5. It's just unique, stands out. Um, I like what they did with it. Um, Away kit, they've got a really solid dark green, kind of like their flag. And then they kept the green scale a little bit lighter with the crest. So I like how that stands out. It's a 4 to 5. Love everything about it. Um, the home kit is probably going to be the only kit that I uh, consider purchasing from the World Cup. Um, Same. Yeah, hands down, best kit in the tournament. No no doubt about it. Um, I would go home 5 out of 5. And then I love the away as well. Uh, I go 5 out of 5 for the away as well. All right, moving on to Costa Rica. You are manufacturer's New Balance. Um if they're trying to make a name for themselves um, with with kits on the World Cup stage, they just kind of went with plain red on the home kit. I haven't been able to find an away one, so if you have one, send it to us at at Podcast Four C Bus. Um, but I'm giving it a two. It, it's not bad. It's just kind of a little too plain for me. Yeah, I like most of uh, the New Balance jerseys that they've done at the club level, but this is just kind of kind of boring. Uh, I'd give it a one out of five. Yeah, it's nothing special. One out of five. I've actually never seen um, jerseys that New Balance has done before, um, but I'm sure they've outdone their, themselves before because that's just awful. Uh, one out of five. Have you ever watched Liverpool? Liverpool has New Balance? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I like Liverpool's yellows, so Liverpool's yeah, they have done better. Five. 
Liverpool yes, zero out of five. As a club, <laughs> yes. Um, and then Poland is next, also manufactured by Nike. I feel like Poland got the shaft on their jerseys. Yes. Um, they, there's really nothing going on. You've got two different shades. The home is two different shades of red with a diagonal stripe. The way is two shades of white with a diagonal stripe. Nothing really going on. They both get a two from me. Nice try, but nothing really there. Yeah, the home, the red one's pretty boring. I'd give it a one out of five. And then I like the white and red on the away. I'd give it a 2.5 out of five. I mean, I can see what they were trying to do. Uh, Poland's flag is just split half red, half white. So they kind of split the jerseys. Um, Not really much to work with given their country colors, but they're both pretty boring. Two out of five for both. Yeah, uh, I'm not a big fan of either. Uh, I, I like the white because I I like how um, white dominates with a little bit of red accent. So I'm going to go uh, one out of five for the home and three out of five. No, sorry, two and a half out of five for the white. The whole way, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad uh, Dakota brought that up about the flag because I actually have that in my notes too that it would be cool if they had both red and white, like if they'd split it in half. Um, I would have really, really enjoyed that. But so I think Nike... Like Monaco. I think Nike um, messed up there. Uh, moving on to Egypt. They are manufactured by Adidas. The home jersey appears to be a plain old red jersey um, with white shorts. And then the away jersey is uh, white with black shorts, which I know is their colors. It's also Germany's colors. But um, but I do like the solid white shirt with black shorts. Um, so for home, it's not terrible. Um, it looks like it has a checkerboard pattern that, as you know, as a crew fan, we love those checkerboards. Um, so I'm going to give it a 3 and then um, the way I'll give it a 3.5. I'd probably give the home kit a 3 out of 5. I like the black accenting the red, and the home I'd probably give a 1 out of 5. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I like the checkers on the red one. Um, 3 out of 5, nothing really sticks out besides the checker. Uh, white one is pretty simple, uh, 2 out of 5. Yeah, I, I enjoy the red. Um, it looks cool with the uh checkerboard but um i'm gonna have to go two out of five for the red and then for the white uh i actually really enjoy it i think it looks well with the uh the black shorts so i'm gonna go uh four out of five for the away iceland oh yeah oh, iceland. i don't even know what to say this is Herrera. i don't know anything about the kits they're fire and ice kits i mean they are just gorgeous They've got a blue version, a red version, a white version. My least favorite is the white one, but that it's still beautiful. The blue one's my favorite. And then, I don't know if you guys watched the Friendly with Iceland, but the red goalkeeper kit where they have the sleeves that are blue going into red is just amazing. If I can find a long-sleeve Iceland goalkeeper jersey, I will buy it now. I will send you my monies, so tell me where I can get one. The blue one is the home. That gets a solid 5 out of 5 to me the best kit in the competition the away kit gets a 4.5 it's the white one it's close but not quite as beautiful as that blue guys find that goalkeeper jersey for me and send it to me thank you yeah so overall i'm not a huge fan of these iceland jerseys um i'd probably give the blue a three out of five i'd probably give the red a three out of five as well i like the color i like the color schemes um and then i i do really like the white i'd probably give it a four out of five I don't like any of them. I think it's gross. Uh, the sleeves, they don't make sense. It looks like 
they should be one color, but they're another color. Um, all of them get a two out of five because it's gross. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Like, good. is everything okay at home? Both of you. <laughs> um, these these are the only kits that rival Nigeria's and the World Cup. All of them five out of five. That's right, Max. Thank you. Yes, I'm currently wearing the white one, and it's beautiful. Yeah, you look gross. Shut. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Serbia. Serbia is manufactured by Puma. Which, fun fact, um, Puma and Adidas were started by brothers, but they had such a feud that they both went across the river from each other, and they're both some of the top brands in the world for soccer. Anyway, Serbia, made by Puma, they have a very, very strange number of fonts. I don't know if that's going to be the same font that's allowed at the World Cup, but, but the home jersey is basically a template that's red with white sleeves, with white stripes on the sleeve, and then the way is white with like a red, white, and blue uh, vertical stripe, which at least gives it a little bit of flair. Um, I'm giving the home kit a one. I'm giving the away kit a three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give the home a two out of five, and then I'm going to give the away a 3.5 out of five. I really like their crest, too. Yeah, good call on the crest. I, I like it, too. Yeah, home kit's boring. It's a one out of five, just plain, simple. Um, the away kit, I don't like that the number is right in the middle of the chest. It kind of looks weird. Um, one out of five also. The coat is a hard critique. Um, I, I, I don't know if I like the home. I feel like the, the crest saves itself. Um, I go two and a half out of five. Uh, the away I really like, I go four out of five. Um, I love the number. I actually quite enjoy the uh, number font. So, yeah, I, I go four out of five. All right, going on to Portugal. Um, these are manufactured by Nike. Um, the red kit, you can't really see it in the picture that I put on it, but um, it's mostly red, and the sleeves have kind of like a, almost like it looks like an audio or a heartbeat type, um, type design in the sleeves, which I really like. Their green kit, that's like the warm-up kit, is really, really cool. I wish you could buy those as the jersey. I would definitely buy one of those. But the red one gets a 4.5 for me. That's the home one. I forgot to describe the away one first, but the away one is um, just a white template. It looks like they tried something. They've got really weird, it's like green plus signs, so I'm not really sure. It looks almost like a hospital gown to me, so I'm giving it like a two. But nice try, Nike, but not quite there. Yeah, with the home, I think it's pretty classic Portugal red with the green accents and a little bit of gold. I'd give it a three out of five, and then I do like the away. I'd give it a four out of five. Uh, Portugal home, it's... Uh, the same thing that they always have really except for the accents on the sleeves uh, 3 out of 5 for home away uh, I don't like the little crosses that are all over it so uh, 2 out of 5 um, classic for Portugal the home kit um, I like it passing 3 out of 5 uh, away I, I don't know <laughs> like I can't tell if I if I like it or not the green plus signs kind of ruins it for me um, I'm going to go 2 out of 5 all right, moving on to France. France is also manufactured by Nike. They use the same template on the home jersey as Portugal, but in this case they have a really dark blue with a really lighter blue sleeves, which I really, really like. And then the away jersey is, again, plain white and has really strange like thread accents. Um, I don't know if that's going to pull off live or when you watch it on TV, but it does look kind of neat. Um, but I'm going to give the home kit a 4.5 and the away kit a 4. 
Yeah, these are some of my favorite kits in the tournament. I would give the home kit a 4.5 out of 5, and I would give the away a 5 out of 5. I really like the uh, red and blue uh, thread type things that are all over the white. Um, it looks good. I'm just not a fan. Like, the home blue, like, I just don't like that shade of blue for France. Um, I like that it has a button. That I mean, that's really the only thing that stands out, but yeah, I don't like it. Two out of five, home, um, away. Looks like a white t-shirt with dirt all over it, so one out of five. <laughs> I won't talk too much, but I completely disagree. I love them both, four out of five. What both can't home. hurt, Coda? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, that's the only thing that didn't make the home kit get a five was the button. I, I can't stand closed buttons, buttons under They're crazy. I don't know why you like them. <laughs> Buttons are cool. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Going on to Uruguay, um, we've got a baby bluish home color kit. These are manufactured by Puma, by the way. And then we've got the home kit, which is plain white with uh, the blue accent on the collar. I find them both pretty boring. I'm sorry, I find the way kit pretty boring. The home kit, if you zoom in on the chest, there's like a, a sun. You know, There's some South American countries that have May. a sun on the flag. Um, Uruguay is one of those with the sun on the flag, and I think that's a pretty cool highlight. So I'm giving the home a four, and I'm giving the way a two. I think as the creators of Mate, they could have done a little bit better. <laughs> um, I'd probably give them each two out of five. Definitely wouldn't buy either. Um, I like the home. Um, I like the color. It matches the flag. Nice baby blue. I like the f- um, sun on it, sun of May. Uh, they have it on the flag. Um, I think it's cool. Five out of five for that. Um, away, it's boring. Just a white t-shirt. Uh, one out of five. Home, I kind of like. I go like three out of five, and then away, I no thank you. I'm going one out of five. All right, moving on to Argentina. This is where I'm going to catch a little bit of grief. <laughs> um, again, there's things you can do with classic. Just not boring. Unfortunately, Adidas is the Argentina kit maker. I usually typically like Adidas, but they are so template-driven. This home kit bores me to tears. They didn't do anything to it. The away kit, on the other hand, even though it's a template with black, you know, it's a black color with, like, things on the uh, on the sides and over the chest, I'm going 1 out of 5 for the home kit, and I am going 4.5 out of 5 for the away Yeah, for the home kit, I'm going to go with a 2 out of 5. I think it's probably one of the worst Argentina home kits that I've seen. They usually do a lot better. Um, And then the away kit, I do really like. I'd give it a 4 out of 5. One thing I will say is I think the Adidas font this year is terrible. And I think the font kind of brings down these jerseys a little bit. Um, But as plain shirts, they look the away looks pretty good. Uh, Home kit, I love it. Uh, it's a classic Argentina shirt. It's got the stripes. Um, I like what they did with the pattern because it matches the game ball. Kind of fades in and out with the uh, digital um, digital boxes on it. So it's kind of like the same design that the game ball has. So I like what they did with that. Uh, five out of five yeah, for the home. I would get that. I'm going to get that. Uh, away jersey. I do not like black jerseys uh, for countries that don't have any black on their flag. Um I would prefer them to go with a dark blue like they have before. Um, 
I like that they put like the flag colors on the shoulders, but I just don't really care for the jersey overall. Uh, away kit gets a two out of five, but home kit is solid. Two of the number of stars above the crest. Oh my gosh, I, <laughs> I love both. Um, the home kit is classic. Um, I remember as a little kid playing and seeing people with with the white and blue stripe. Back when they make good ones. Yeah. It, oh my. They're all good. They're all good. Um, I lo- I love the home four out of five. Um, I love the way more. I love black jerseys. I think they look awesome. Um, it just depends on what your shorts are, but um, yeah, I love I love the way five out of five. All right, going on to Columbia, also made by Adidas. Um, they have the similar yellow home jersey with the um, uh, the shoulder stripes. Um, I feel like again they're suffering from Adidas templateitis. Um, I hope that the yellow is not how it shows up in the in the picture. I hope it's actually the real yellow that that we've come to know Columbia as. Um, and then the away is a very strange blue with diamond shaped, different color blue. Kind of looks like I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. It's horrible. Um, but I'm giving home a four and away a one. Yeah, I've seen both of these in person, and I was hoping that would maybe make me like them better. But I think they're both terrible i'd give a one out of five to the home and a zero out of five to the away i like both of them i think like they have good colors it's bright uh matches the colombian flag Uh, i like the dark blue for the away um both of them get a four out of five for me good job columbia (laughs) i think there's a south american bias going on this is both of those are so horrible home like I, I, it's just nothing against Columbia. I just hate those colors. I'm sorry. You hate yellow. Yeah. Wow. I'm going one out of five for home because they they tried and to, to go with their own colors. In a way, it literally looks like it's Netherlands jersey, but unfortunately, they're not in the World Cup. Like so a- I'm going zero out of five. All right. Um, and then moving on to one of our Con- CONCACAF teams, Panama. They also have New Balance. Um, they have a really interesting collar situation going on. The home jersey is just a plain red. The away jersey is white with a blue accents on it. I find the home jersey kind of boring. It gets a two. Um, the away jersey, the white one, I'm giving it a four. I would agree pretty much exactly. I'd give the home a two out of five, and I'd give the away a four out of five. I don't really like the collars on either. The collars kind of keeps them from being three out of five and five out of five. Yeah, I think we can agree on this one. Home's pretty boring. Uh, two out of five. I do like the away. I like the blue accents that they have. Uh, that one gets a four out of five. And I do like the collar. It looks cool. Both suck, but away saves itself a little bit. I'm going two out of five for the away and zero out of five for the home. All right, moving on to Senegal. We have the uh, Puma. It's the designer. I only have a home kit. Um but they've got kind of, it's just white with a really, really cool green color um, and a lion, lion or tiger? Or bear, oh my. I'm not sure, but it's a really cool, some sort of animal design animal. that's really, really cool, and I hope that shows up on TV. I really like it. I feel like Puma's used this design before in other tournaments, but I like it. It's getting a 4.5 for me. Yeah, I would give it the away, 4 out of 5, and I've seen the home, and I would give it a 3 out of 5. Uh, yeah, I really like it. I love the design on it. Um, it's really original. Um, I think Senegal has always had really good kits in the past. Um, this one's 
not a disappointment at all. I uh, give it a five out of five. Love it. Need it. Gotta have it. Five out of five. What does the other kit look like, Kim? It is basically the same exact thing. It's just green and white are reversed. Mm. Oh, I haven't seen that. I, kind of, I feel like I want one of those. Yeah. Does it still have the, the, the fierce animal? Yep. Oh, nice. Uh, Morocco, unfortunately, I could not find anything on Morocco. Um, um, Tunisia. Tunisia has a company called Ulsport. Um, I feel kind of bad because it's probably pe- as a result of, of not having money for the bigger groups. Um, they're really, really, really plain. But uh, the home one is white with red uh, sleeve and collaring, and the way is red with white sleeve and collaring. Just because I'm going to give them props for making the World Cup, props for trying to find a jersey. Um, they're both really plain, but I'm going to be, I'm going to give them the average. I'm going to give them 2.5 for both of them. Yeah, I don't really like either of these. I'd give them both a 1 out of 5. Yeah, they're plain, boring, nothing special. One out of five. One out of five, both of them. Horrible. No no participation medals here, ladies and gentlemen. Nope. <laughs> All right, moving on to Switzerland, also designed by Puma. Um, the home kit is uh, a red grade, kind of a little bit lighter on the top. Um, the way is white, just plain white with your red collar ring. Um, there's not much you can do if you use just flag colors, red and white. Um, the home's not too bad. The home would give a four. The weight is as plain as all can be, and it gets a one. I give each one out of five. I'm not really a fan. I don't know what's going on with the home kit. Like, what is that? It's got like, it looks like like a maze or something. It looks like a giant fingerprint, and it looks horrible. Um, they look like a first aid kit, which goes with the fingerprint, I guess, so... I don't really get it. One out of five for both of them. Try again. I don't know what they were going for on the home, but I kind of like it. So I'm going three out of five on the home away. Boring. One out of five. All right. We've made it to Croatia. Uh, These are your typical... uh, Well, the jersey I look most forward to is what is Croatia going to do with the red and white checkerboard. I love it. I think it's great. The home is your typical red and white. Your away is black and blue. But the checkers are way too big. I'm sorry, guys. This is not for me. The home gets a two. The way gets a one. Wow. Um, That's harsh. I would probably give the home a 4.5 out of 5. It's one of my favorites. I have seen better red and white checkerboard Croatia kits before. um, But this is still very good. And then I really like the away. I'd give it a 5 out of 5. Yeah, I think both of them are amazing. I love the checker. Um, I would love for the crew to follow a similar template with uh, black and yellow checkerboard for next year because um, we're going to be here next year if you if you miss that. Uh, both kits, five out of five, love them. Yeah, but wait a minute. Black and blue aren't in the Croatian flag, are they? Yes. God. <laughs> Anyways. Um... Dakota the hypocrite. I do, I do agree with you with, with how big the checkers are um, on the home. I just really prefer black. I, I just really love that away kit, and that's solely the reason why, I, if I were to purchase it, I, that's why, um, just because I love the black so much. But I'm going 2 out of 5 on the home and 5 out of 5 on the away. All right. Um, then moving on to Sweden, these are manufactured by Adidas. Uh, we've got a... 
yellow home with blue collar, and it looks quite a bit like a maize and blue jersey. Go Michigan. Um, and then the away kit is unfortunately suffers from Adidas templateitis. Um, I think it's really cool. I love the goalkeeper jerseys. I love the stripes. I love the checkerboards. It still looks cool. It's still going to get a four. The home gets a three. The away gets a four. Yeah, I'd probably go three out of five for the blue one, and then I'd go one out of five for the yellow. Yeah, I think the yellow is pretty just basic. Uh, two out of five yellow. Blue one, I like the uh, checkers, striped, whatever you want to call it. Uh, four out of five for the blue. For the home, uh, zero out of five. Away, it's a little better, but the colors still suck. Two out of five. All right, moving on to Denmark. Denmark is manufactured by Hummel. Um, so they are pretty unique, but they're relatively plain. Um, they have just these arrows on the sleeves, but I feel like that's more branding than actual any type of design element. So unfortunately for Denmark, their home is red, their away is white, but um, they're both getting a two from me. Yeah, I don't really like the red at all. I give it a zero out of five, and then I give the white a two out of five. Yeah, they're boring. I don't know what... There's just nothing that stands out about them. Both of them get a one. I kind of like the white. Um, the red is boring. Uh, eh, it's just there. Um, but there is a little bit of an of an X in the middle, and I, I kind of like that. So um, for the home, I'm going one out of five. For the away, I'm going three out of five. All right, we've gone on to Australia. Um, they are made by Nike. The home kit is your classic yellow and green um, with sleeves that have a design element that I don't know if it's supposed to be the Outback or trees or something. And then the way, I don't understand, it's really a dark green with like a neon neon diagonal stripe. But I think they did a really cool job on the home kit. The home kit for me gets a four and the way kit gets a two. I like them both. I'd give them a, three, a 3.5 out of five each. I like the designs, but I don't understand the colors. Like, why is it green? Why is it yellow? Your flag is blue. It doesn't make sense. Um, I like the design on both of them, but it, it just doesn't follow suit with the country flag kind of look, uh, colors. So uh, both of them get a one out of five. Good thing we only get to see them for three games. Ooh, hot <laughs> take. Um, I like both of them. I, I just don't like the color yellow. So personally, I'm giving the home. I cannot believe you hate the crew. <laughs> I like I like the cruise yellow because it's more gold. Yeah, like I I just hate yellow. that whatever they were going for in this one. I no no thank you. Um, I'm going one out of five for the home. The away is actually kind of cool. I like it. I go four out of five for the away. All right, can we talk real quick about this logo? Um, I don't know if that's truly a logo. It's got a um, it's got a kangaroo on it and it looks like an ostrich or something. Pretty cool. That fits Australia. Why? All right, going on to Peru. Peru is manufactured by Umbro, which is interesting because Umbro used to kind of dominate the soccer scene. Um, they have inverses. The home is a white kit with a red sash, and the away is a red kit with a white sash. I feel like it's a little bit lazy. I hate sashes on jerseys. It's one of my least favorite elements on jerseys other than buttons. So they're both getting a one out of five from me. Yeah, I'd give the home kit uh, the white one. I'd give it a three out of five just because it is kind of classic Peru. Um, 
the red one is just that white sash is just really ugly. I'd give it a zero out of five. I disagree. I like both of them. I South like America oh, bias. I, <laughs> I like the sash. It's just a classic jersey design. Uh, Peru, they haven't made the World Cup in years, so I feel like it's a kickback to the last time that they were in the World Cup. Classic jersey design. Some excuses. Like it. Good job, Peru. You did You did well. I hate both. I hate stashes. I agree with Todd completely. I, I think it looks horrible. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm going zero out of five for both. All right, that brings us to the end of the jersey discussion. Um, what are your five favorites? Um, do you want to do one at a time, or do you want to do all five? Just do all five. Get it. All right, all five. So for me, um, by far my favorite that I want is a Germany away kit. Um, I have to see if Marco Royce plays and or makes the actual squad. I would love to get a Royce away Germany. If not, Timo Werner. Um, I have to get, if I can get the Iceland red goalkeeper jersey with Renarsson on it. I want that, or I'll get the blue one with nobody's name on it. Number three for me is Belgium home, Eden Hazard. Number four would be Portugal home, get me some Ronaldo or Cedric, not sure which one. I really, really liked the England away. Um, unfortunately, nobody I really follow made made the English team, but um, so I feel like it's kind of a slap in the face if I would have got a Bertrand jersey. Um, but I'm not, so I'm not going to do that. But England away would be my fifth place jersey. Yeah, so my number one, I would have Nigeria. I just really like that and feel like that would be just a nice shirt to wear. Um, my two, I'd probably go with the Germany away. I really like that shade of green. And then for the last three, I would go with the blue Brazil with kind of the star pattern on it. I would go with the France away. I like the white with the red and blue um, threading. And then last, I would go with the Croatia away, the black and blue. Um, Number one kit, obviously Argentina home. Classic. Love it. Gotta have it. Whose name would you put on it? Is that even a question? Aguero, right? No. Um, I would put Milton Valenzuela on the back. (laughs) Nice. Um, yeah, Argentina, number one. Number two, I would get uh, Nigeria. Great kit. Uh, three, I love Senegal. They've got a great design. Four, I would go with Croatia, the home kit. Um, red and white checkered. And last one, I would get a Uruguay home with the sun on it. Mine are pretty straightforward. Um, as I said earlier, the only one I'd really want to buy, uh, the Nigeria uh, home kit. I believe actually they sold out in like three minutes um, when they when they released on Nigeria's official like uh, jersey posting. Um, sold out in three minutes. That's impressive. That shows how much everybody likes them. Um, two, definitely the black Croatia away kit. Uh, three, the blue Brazil. Four, um, only this low because I already own one. But the red, um, a, preferably a long sleeve red uh iceland kit and then to end it off um i'm gonna have to go with the argentina home yes i I just love the classic of it and i think it looks great all right that brings us to the end of this world cup premiere well world cup preview marathon um let's go around and give everybody your contact information on the twitters um i'm todd fickenberg at todrick 33 (laughs) I'm Max Brunke at Max Brunke Tweets. You can follow me, tweet me any questions you need. 
or want answered. Uh, I do a lot of um, soccer-related stories and that kind of stuff. Um, I have my WordPress linked uh, in my bio, so if you want to check that out as well, uh, feel free. Um, I'm on Twitter not very often, um, maybe just like a couple times a week. Um, Dakota Stewart, my handle is Coda Stewart. Pretty simple. Find me, follow me, talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really going to say you, you should follow me. Um, you can find me if you want to, but um, just make sure you follow the number two celebrity fan, Dakota Stewart. And Kamike, what's your uh, Twitter handle? Kamike4. All right, and that is, if you want all your basketball news, that's where you should check it out. <laughs> um, so if you really liked this or you hated this, whatever, tweet us. The podcast Twitter is podcast number four, CBUS. Um, we hope to do this on crew-related matters, maybe not this long, but... Uh, we hope uh, give us some feedback. Save the crew.